0: Hey folks, welcome to episode 172 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode features Salius Bracillus. He's an ultra runner, bike commuter, and mountaineer who has fallen in love with long distance running and hiking. Salius has accomplished incredible feats of endurance, from biking 86 miles to Rainier running around the volcano completely self-supported, and biking the remaining 86 miles back to his house in Seattle. He's known for, um, you know, biking or running through several towns in one go and having someone pick him up and drop him off back at his home, Um, you know, running 50 and 100 miles at a time and going into the Cascades and exploring that rugged terrain Moving fast and light. Salius has intense stories of exploring the Cascade Mountain Range in Washington State. If you were to go hike with Salius, it's likely that he's either running, cycling to meet you at the trailhead, or he's already done several loops. All this to say that Salius is not an egotistical man, as far as I can tell. His abilities are a reflection of his interests, and ultimately his lifestyle. He is a reminder that we're more capable than we can imagine. And while paying used to be desk-bound, it frees him to be able to ramble terrain for hours at a time. In this conversation, he talks about hating running when he was younger. And look at him now. He's fallen so headfirst in running that he's had all of these experiences to tell. And it's been less than 10 years. And for you, too, you can have this, whether it's, you know, painting, running, rock climbing, paragliding. All of these things are before you. Salius is a representation of the beautiful psychos within all of us. Those who ritually take on jaw-dropping circumstances of their own free will. Believe me, there are quite a few of them out there. And when you know, you know, <laughs> here in like Washington alone, there will be people who try to run for the most or compete for the most elevation done in a year, um, or doing the most miles and, you know, like a month or two month span of time and nobody else sees it, but the group themselves and they love it. It's just for them. And there's some kind of satisfaction that you find in it. The amount of effort and commitment that it requires to, you know, even run a marathon and run a self supported marathon into the wilderness, for instance, like ah, that's a very intense experience. And Salius is just in the thick of it. And you can tell he loves it. And I don't, you know, I think we all have our own unique interests, but it's touching what we are, essentially. And you don't even have to be a distance runner, but to be able to endure, endure the suck, the suffering, to laugh and smile in the face of it all. I think that's a very human thing. And you can find Salius at um, Instagram at s b r a c i u l i s, and I'll leave the link to that in the show notes. Um, as lo- along with a. Uh, A blog post by Hiking with Hadlin with the story of uh, their Mount Washington-Eleanor traverse. Before we get into the interview, if you want to support the show, you can become a subscriber to Becoming Human Podcast on Patreon. You can find that um, in the link in the show notes and on the website. Um, Every month, I'm going to be dropping a bonus episode for subscribers where I read the notes of um, the book that I read for the month, my favorite book of the month. And I read a summary of the book. I'll also be posting uh, artwork on there that is completely copyright free. You could do whatever you want with it. You could uh, rip it, shred it, burn it, put it on clothes. It's yours to do whatever you want with no uh, credit to me or anything like that. You could even put your own name on it and call it yours. Whatever. Whatever. And I'll also be putting out um, different bonus material that I don't end up releasing to the public and turn into other projects. I have a lot of stuff that's kind of fun, but um, I don't follow up with and build it into a big public project. Before we start this episode, I'm going to play you in with a track by ID and Abilities. I thought it was really fitting for this this one and it's forgive me for my synapses you can find the link to that video in the show notes too
1: But I think I'm the way that my neurons are wired. They fire away onto a like to using themselves to receive and self-build in a network that only gets stronger as I continue the thought pattern implied by the process. I make a decision on what to react to what I perceive as an electrical current, and I am all that I feel I'm a neurotransmitter's desire. These chemical messengers return it with a perfect receptor to fit, in they get in, they give it specific instructions on what to release till the chain of events reaches down to the glands, which I produce every hormone the spread of the tissue of organs And make them dance. All I can do is breathe That's how I put out the fire. And all I can do is think. Force my circuitry to rewire everything outside of. Already inside the that we see that we don't at least partially make our bone in our heads. So seems like my duty to get in my biocomputer and empire. partner have neurons belong to relationships out my brain and we with my chemicals. One day I'll be free to the brain that makes me mean. Now that I know that I'm in control, I can tell my own puppet strings. You were all that you You're the way the universe are linked. I bet if you don't let it get a little better with it, got a lot of words. All you going to do is open up, there? At some point I, I was wondering, like, oh, it'd be interesting, like, what I could do if I started practicing running. Uh, for certain, but there was not much of a push, not much of a motivation for me. I'd, I'd just, uh, hike, I'd, uh, either hike with my dad every weekend It'd be something like 30 miles on the weekend in a day. Um, so for most people, that seems like a lot, but, um, and it was at some point too when we started, but, uh, later it became kind of the expectation. So uh,
0: you shared that with your dad, like that, that distance
1: yeah how how old you how old your dad um i I keep saying 56 but i'd have to double check he's he's somewhere about there was
0: that would that be considered at the time like when you guys first started would that have been a lot for him too um or did he have a lot of experience
1: yeah it was a good push um for both of us but he had some experience for sure um yeah it's i i would say the first long distance hike we got into was in 2015 walking around saint helens in like about 18 hours 40 something minutes and uh, yeah i was super terrified about like man am i gonna survive am i gonna bring enough food how am i gonna make this i was like freaking out the night before and because i had like no idea how people do it but we thought, hey, we're going to try this. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Wow. What, yeah.
0: what would motivate you guys to go um, to go faster and, and in longer, longer distances in a day?
1: Um, well, if you pick a route that you have to, like once you go halfway, it's basically the same thing, either going the same way back or just completing the loop. So if you pick routes that are loops, you're kind of motivated to finish. And if you're, like if it's getting dark, he might be motivated to go faster. Although it didn't quite hundred percent work, with, like with that philosophy with my dad, because he's mm-hmm. still going like similar pace. But uh, I've noticed a pattern that yeah, once once we're we're kind of sick of a of, the, of a particular hike, where we're like let's just power through, let's just power, like, let's just let's just go, let's no, no stopping. We're, mm-hmm. We're gonna get back to the car faster that way so yeah. maybe the last few hours or three or four hours that might be miserable but we just like we don't care let's just power through <laughs> kind of deal
0: wow and w- when you guys were going going those distances did you were you guys inspired inspired by anyone or anything in particular or was um, it just like this desire like i don't really like to stop that much let's go and see if we can make it bigger
1: yeah it was i i don't think uh it was by any particular people. It was just like we see, we look at a trail map or we, I think my dad would have been looking at uh, maps or topo maps on the online uh, and uh, just uh, thought, oh, this might be a scenic route. We, we should try it out. And I was like, okay, let's, let's try it. And so, and then after we did that, uh, we're... I don't know what my initial, I thought, but it's probably something along the lines of, oh, we're, we're never doing that again, anything like that again. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> later we realized, yeah, let's try some something similar again, just a mm-hmm. different trail. And uh, over time that became kind of the expected thing and I barely even thought about it, like wasn't even nervous about it. And we're like, okay, yeah, we can make a that day. So, and to this day, I mean, if, if I gave, gave him, like, a probably a day notice, we could go out on, like, a city walk for 30 miles. Now, hiking and trails, yeah, that takes a little bit more uh, effort and uh, maybe preparation. But, uh, we yeah, he could still do it. So, like, we did the, have you heard of the enchantments?
0: Yeah. Could so, you
1: talk about the enchantments just a little bit? Yeah, we did, like, a 30-mile loop because we connected the two parking lots. Um, we did that in, I believe, 14 hours. Yeah. Wow. We, we jogged like the eight miles down. <laughs> so. <laughs> you
0: guys so, go up the Asgard pass we, first we and then down. down. We went down to Asgard pass at the very end. Oh, wow. I see. I've only like, gone the, the other way.
1: Yeah. Typically. Yeah. The first time I went solo, I did go the, uh, c- counterclockwise way. And then mm-hmm. with that I went clockwise. Yeah.
0: The, and Asgard Pass, for people who don't know, is, like, extremely steep. It's, what, in 0.8 miles? It's, what, 1,000 or 2,000 feet elevation gain, somewhere around yeah, there?
1: Something. I, I don't know. Yeah, It's fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I told my dad, man, if we they, – they were camping around there. I, I And I told him, man, if they're visiting there, they should definitely explore that. So mm-hmm. my dad and I went and did the loop. And my siblings and parents – or my mom went to the lake. And, yeah, so – it was kind
0: of fun. Is your dad um, always like had some sort of athleticism?
1: Um, it was pretty active. He was doing like outdoors jobs, just uh, different odd jobs. No, even though he's mainly done stuff like box truck driving, but he does a bunch of yard work all the time and he's a pretty active guy, seems like.
0: i've met a variety of people like in their 50s and 60s and stuff and not and i i used to think growing up like oh wow you're not um you're kind of on the way out in a lot of ways (laughs) and i and i usually mean like physically um like in my mom she can't walk a mile for instance and and that was like a common common thing and then within the communities that i was raised in and as i get older and i immerse myself into different kinds of sports and recreations i find that like wow people like with um consistent movement right um and not a big sedentary life or good genetics um Mm -hmm. are active like well into their you know in their 60s 70s 80s sometimes 90s
1: yeah my 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 parents could uh both my mom and dad they could do like a 14 mile walk and it's no big wow. deal so I mean even my siblings to don't really hike that much well we, when we were raised we'd go on these family hikes like maybe almost every weekend we, uh-huh. we don't we don't go together as much so but they're still pretty active and I mean even the least active of my siblings they could still do it and it's like wow this kind of funny and interesting <laughs> it's like they'll, they'll like my brother's uh, IT, IT guy that builds computers or sets them up, and I don't think he's super active, but yeah, he could do like a probably like a fourteen mile hike. And wow, doesn't I mean maybe it's difficult, probably more for sure more difficult than me, but mm-hmm. it's surprising. Like oh yeah, he could do it. It's like wow, that's crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's wild. There's yeah. but what I learned like getting into the ultra distances is that I had thought that that was like a very improbable for a person just any old person to be able to run 50 miles 100 miles 200 miles and then i realized like the putting in the training myself and then learning about people in the community and you find like um people of all different fitness levels running these distances all different ages and then even some like I don't think I've ever heard a couch to 200 miler, but um, I've seen couch to 50 and couch to a hundred miler before. And that, that experience generally looks like it's very brutal and uh, <laughs> painful, but we're seem to be all pretty much sure. capable of it, yeah. you know, with the proper adaptation or training and practice. And, um, do you, you said though, that like you got rid of your car and you, you seem oh, to really, no, li- no. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh, not like I had one time just randomly decided to get rid of the car. There were definitely reasons like it was breaking as uh, had I had to make so many repairs on it. I paid like $2000 for a uh 2004 Escape that had maybe 170,000 miles or about or less and then over a year and a half to 2 years I paid maybe up to 6000 for repairs for various repairs. W- worst of them being like a transmission change, and so I was like, "So That's I was a lot like, of work. Yeah. yeah." So, so I was like, screw, "Screw this!" Well, my parents were like, "Get rid of the car!" Like, way, way long time ago, and I'm like, "Okay, fine." Wait, I I know this is it's it's such a mess. I'll, I'll yeah, I, I I agree. I'll get rid of it. So. Uh, and for the longest time my parents were like get a bike and I was like no nah, I'm, I'm using the lift for now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a ride it's ridiculous I was spending way too much and uh, eventually my friend um, bought me a bike and it was still kind of crappy but I got into a, some biking and now I got my own bike and now I'm bike to work so it's pretty uh, I'm realizing it's really good cross training um mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I also have more things that went into me getting into running rather than just getting rid of the car. Um, you're interested hearing that part? Um, yes. Yeah, while at the same time, while my car was breaking uh, and then being in a repair shop for like two months, uh, I had a crappy job uh, this as a i was working as a grimesman tree trimmer um and just pu- putting in brush and a chipper mm-hmm. kind of a dangerous job oh yeah uh, so at first it was fun i mean it's physical and it was kind of an exciting job but man the people there were they're kind of assholes <laughs> yeah
0: community's important
1: <laughs> yeah and um yeah we didn't get it, the foreman and I, we didn't get along too well um <laughs> Communication was in a strong
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Rate that card hat and uh, uh what else? Uh, yeah, you're just making me nervous and all that. Like oh, really yeah, I've been mean, I even have a CDL, but I don't use it anymore. I don't I don't care about it oh. My, for the for the training, but yeah, because I went to Job Corps to get yeah. a train. Um yeah, I've uh, yeah, that whole working there—that was pretty stressful. And uh, was he just mean,
0: like shouting and stuff like that, or like
1: and and throwing a rake at my hard hat? When it, when it fell what? uh Yeah, just ridiculous stuff.
0: Holy crap, um, man!
1: Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, one time he threw a saw, and and the sheathing came off, so the saw didn't hit me, but just to get my attention, it was yeah. You got lucky. Jeez. Yeah. So, but I didn't, I didn't have a, I didn't have a car. I, I didn't, I, I thought if I spoke up, they would have moved me somewhere. Uh-huh. So, um, what,
0: What's it like in, in this situation? Cause like I had a kid and then, um, I've never really been on my, like a single person taking care of myself out there and um i've just been raising my son and and trying to work and go around that but what's that like for you like do you have like savings or anything like that is the feeling like oh if i leave this job lose this job like i'm really screwed
1: um i have some savings but i'm not perfect at it i mean Mm -hmm. i do some occasional investments into like crypto which is not maybe necessarily the most advisable thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um Luckily, this job pays better than my previous. I mean, the the ones that for when I worked for the electrical union, yeah, they, those ones paid pretty good, and those ones, have working in those jobs, yeah, I could afford my car braking. but mm-hmm. then everything would go into my car, so it's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. do I want to <laughs> keep doing that or? It was just kind of a weird, confusing mm-hmm. time. I had to make a decision that you know, I'm, I'm not taking a loan. I'm not, I'm not buying another used car. Um, apparently I suck at finding a good car. It was my one and probably only car that I'll own. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll own another car at some point, but it's so far. I'm I'm going with the narrative that having my car break was the best thing that happened to my life. So mm-hmm. that's, I mean, there, there's, it's still hard. I'm, I'm not going to say that it's easy, that it's, Oh, it's, automatically transform my life no it took, it took work and uh, so and and a lot of uh experimenting and i'm still working on it i mean i'm i still overwork with uh, just running and there's a lot of uh cross training that i should be doing that or stretching to make this dream a reality but um uh, let's see. Well, one time. This is going back to uh, kind of when I started running uh, one time, for example, I was. OK, I'm sorry, I need to rewind. Okay. So remember how I mentioned you, uh, how I used to hike every weekend. So um, when I moved out from my parents' house, I'd, I still had. I bought my own car and then I'd hike by myself. So that was fun. I, I didn't really care that I, did. I went by myself, but um, and I, I went on some pretty interesting climbs. Like they weren't just uh, regular like trail runs. They were like some kind of sketchy. No way! Can you name
0: some of the climbs? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. So first one I did when I moved to uh, Marysville and Snohomish was Whitehorse Mountain. <laughs> I knew so, it. Yeah, you, most people don't. Most mountaineers don't climb that. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Why? Can you tell me about White Horse?
1: Yeah, it's like a, you go a mile or you go some miles through a trail and then there's no trail for like a mile. You bushwhack through and uh, there's like thorny bushes. You go by, follow a creek and then, and then there's trail again. And then you go to a snowfield, and then you go, there's like a, there was a narrow moat. Well, at the time that I went, it was like summer and there was a narrow moat uh, maybe a foot wide and then you cross it and then there's a rock climb that you have to do like a um, uh, low fives, I guess. I, I didn't know what rating, but and so without yeah, any like,
0: rock air climb, under your feet and exposure and everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So without any, official like gym practice i i climbed that rock and yeah, i was so happy <laughs> I know, actually i didn't even know how to use crampons so i had to look up on youtube or ice axe ice axe arrest yeah i looked on youtube and i was like okay these are different ways i hope wow. i temporarily slipped just to practice but that was like a really kind of reckless way to do it but uh-huh. yeah no, nothing nothing happened yeah i I mean, I did slip a few times and I was kind of happy. Oh yeah. Good time to practice. <laughs> yeah. This is right now. <laughs> yeah. right. Now. Yeah. So uh, luckily everything went good, but yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend anyone doing it that way. Well, what's um, your
0: mindset like going, going up there? Like, do you have like alarm bells off in your head? or Are you just excited for the terrain as it comes at you?
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I get excited at the terrain, um, mm-hmm. trying to tackle it. And, uh, Basically, how I picked that mountain was uh, when I was driving around, living in Snohomish, I saw um, a mountain and I didn't know what it was. I asked Washington hikers and climbers. They told me it was Pilchuck. And uh, I, I thought, oh, then I looked up what, what the features, like how hard it was, and I thought, oh, that's easy. I'll leave that to my to hike with my sisters or some, some of my friends. So I, I didn't do that one right away. and. Uh, then I looked at Google Earth and I saw, oh, these peaks look interesting. I uh, wonder what these are. Are they even climbable? And so I looked them up, and yeah, one of them was Whitehorse. And I was, man, do people even hike without a trail off trail? And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Let me try this. Wow, like, I'm not even used to like hiking off trail, like oh. you know. So I was like, man, this should be interesting for 14 miles i think it took me like 20 hours round trip is ridiculous Whoa. i was like i was like cussing it cussing it out at the end because it was getting dark and i was like repelling down steep almost like cliffs with holly on branches and then when it got too steep i was like okay time to back up go back up and find a different route and it was like frustrating <laughs> <laughs> did
0: you ever but, get like shaking scared or were you just like oh, frustrated i got to
1: find I the solution Maybe some parts I was a little bit shaky, but now most, most times I'm just, I'm just uh, frustrated. Yeah.
0: Determined.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and What's a
0: moat like for people who aren't familiar? Like, what's that like to cross that?
1: Uh, it was pretty narrow. It's, I mean, well, I can probably see maybe six feet down, maybe some, sometimes deeper, but luckily it was, it was a narrow enough gap. And, what was my, the most exciting part for me was the fact that you can't, once I got up to it, I had crampons and I had to take them off because I'm not climbing a rock with crampons or what I did at least. I guess some people do, but <clears throat> um, what, the most interesting part for me was that I had to figure out how to um, suspend my gear on there while I sat down. Like There was nothing to sit down. Everything was like sharp angles. I first had to make a flat platform for myself to sit down then stick my ice axe uh, in the snow, hang my backpack and make, rely on that, that it doesn't slide down because that's like all my gear. Yeah. <laughs> Take off my crampons, put them in my backpack and then put my ice axe away and then free climb the last rock. So
0: that I didn't
1: know if I could make it up. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I didn't have a helmet, unfortunately, because, yeah, that's uh-huh. stupid, but I Later, I was told, oh, you're supposed to be with a team, with on a rope team. I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wild. Yeah, now I have, a, like, a bunch more gear. I, I go with a helmet and, yeah.
0: It, um, I find there's, like, all different kinds of mindsets going into these things. Um, and, for, for instance, I guess if you take, like, skateboarding, I'll, like, at a skate park, right, I would be the person who's, like um, – thinking about all the things that can go wrong sometimes but if i'm like out in the alpine or really on like a really long run um Mm -hmm. i'm just in the moment you know and i feel that when i go skateboarding and stuff but it's not like automatic and i realize when i take my son out there he's a child so it's a lot more or a lot less subtle his feelings um and so we go off trail and like to begin with he's like well how are we going to get back what, do we, what if we get lost? What if someone comes and gets us and, you know, and, and attacks us? And uh, what if we fall off this or that? And like, I realize in taking even other friends that like my, in those situations, I feel a little more confident than other people with the same skills experience. And that doesn't mean like the same experience. It doesn't even mean necessarily that I Um, it's because I'm more experienced. It's just my, how I feel in those environments. Like I can, I would went out for like, not that I would ever recommend this to anyone. It's pretty foolish, but I was like, Hey, I want to go do a 30 mile like trail run and I want to go do it in the back country. And I'm like, okay, I'll train for it. And my training only consisted of maximally doing like 15 miles in a week. Uh And I'm like, you know what, like, I didn't do all my training, but I really want to go out there. So I'm just out there alone. And I don't have like any sat phone. And I choose like a really like, um, out of the way kind of trail. It's not really popular. And, um, and I was just talking and I look back on it now, like, you know, years later, and I'm like, wow, that was crazy. I used to just like, just go and run out into the backcountry. And, you know, sometimes crawling my way the other uh-huh. half back to my car or whatever and taking naps along the trail i
1: do, that. I do exactly that yeah, yeah. I like- that's, that's how my dad and i got into the, these like light packing trips we don't really carry much it's uh, uh we kind of plan on the way at the same time so it's kind of neat like one time we did a what well we thought initially what we we're planning for was like a 30 something mile trip and at mile eighteen, so that could have been like about halfway. We're like, oh, we don't want to go back. Like mm-hmm. we were following a river by Mount St Helens. I forgot what it was. It's like Lava Canyon, maybe. I don't oh, know okay. if you're familiar with that um, mm-hmm. by Mount St Helens. And there was no bridge to go back on the other side. And we thought, well, I guess we could go by, up by Mount St Helens and do part of the loop and come back. And but the risk is there might be some snow so we're like do you, do you want to try it and so, yeah let's try it and so from that moment from a 36 mile or from a 30 mile trip it became a 56 mile trip <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: yeah. See, and for me it's like i live for those moments because all i used to know was like um uh, like hiking where you go like five miles a day sometimes you know and like reading the those like very popular hiking books for like the state of Idaho or the state of Washington and like hiking with um, with friends and for me for some reason it always felt very painful and slow um, and like the and also being on a trail like I love being on trails but especially when I'm moving slower um, it's just not like it's just so much like empty space and and that's nice sometimes. But when I do that for hours and hours, it just never really appealed to me. And I never got like the backpacking thing, just like I had trouble, like understanding the programming thing where you sit in front of the computer for at least eight yeah. hours in a day. But then I like get into off trail travel or I start running. And those like what you said, hitting that river and trying to make that decision. Like those are the moments that I really come alive for. And it seems to be very different than like going to go and, and hit like your popular trails and doing like yeah. the five mile loops and
1: stuff oh yeah way way more interesting for sure i i that's same same thing for me that's that's kind of what i look forward too. um i mean yeah it gets kind of boring when when i do these when i can run so far it's like oh it's still the same routes now they have to go even further to to find these spots so uh, but I, I think that's why in the future I'm gonna be planning to do some mixed more mixed adventures. Like I don't know, heard about the trip that I've done uh, biking to Rainier, running around, and biking back. Like doing the one trail. So yeah, that so was like two hundred sixty miles total. Whoa. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and isn't that where it come where you come in now? Where you don't you like going um to these places, right? And you live like in the city you live in you know in yeah. seattle right um which that puts you like what 60 70 miles from from the national forest at least yeah. uh so how
1: like miles from from the most popular uh mountain mount si which is like a 10 mile hike it's not big it's not super challenging but a lot of people like to hike there <laughs> and there's other mountains too so
0: how do you how do you reconcile with that though because didn't you just like um if you could go maybe like you know uh x amount of times in a week you could now go even less because you have to commute there on bike or you have to run
1: the thing is i'd say it's a lot more rewarding when i can do it by myself self-supported than driving there Mm -hmm. even though yeah i don't it's takes it's harder to get to them but oh man it, it is so much more rewarding when like one time one of my friends um, for example, I agreed to hike with her but she was considerably slower than me but the only the one reason I agreed to go with her is because I ran to the trailhead it was like 40 miles to it. And then I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll keep up with your pace. Like it'll, it'll be a relaxing, it'll be like a nice relaxing portion of my run." So I, I didn't mind, but like other, other than that, I wouldn't just like drive there to just do such a short hike, you know? But when I did Mount sign by myself the first time, yeah, I went like off trail. I went exploring cliffs. I went on some pretty sketchy areas and I thought I would do more miles, but then I was like, nah, this was enough. I'm, I'm happy to be alive. <laughs> just, yeah, it's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, this was a good experience. <laughs> so,
0: so what's your relationship with death and, and danger? Because um, do you see some value in confronting danger or having uh, the opportunity to mitigate, like manage risk in your life rather than eliminating the risk entirely?
1: Um, yeah. I guess um, I'm I'm definitely more like a thrill seeker, so mm-hmm. I probably never fully want to eliminate risk. But I guess I choose what I want to risk. It's more like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. well, um, okay, yeah, with with like life and death. That's i I'm, I am interested in like pushing my limits to see um, how far I could go. Um, it's a good description.
0: Well, we're all going to die. Right. Yeah. And you always, like, I, I really mean, everyone does this. You're, you're probably eating something or drinking something that's not really relevant to your survival right now. Right. Like it's not explicitly like, this is going to keep me alive. And you you do like a cost benefit analysis, even if it's very subtle, like, is it worth eating this cake for less lifespan? Right. Or like less health, you know, is it worth um, going to run, even though I'm going to feel this physical pain, like soreness on your legs. Right. Um, But some people are Um, like, yeah.
1: um, I think the way I look at it is it's more I kind of exercise more for, or I take those risks more for like my mental health than, than anything. Um, I, same with like exercise. I, I do this more for my mental health rather than necessarily fitness, even though maybe it, it might be weird for a lot of people, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get into more like preparation into making the smarter preparation so i could continue doing this like so my body can handle everything that i mm-hmm. throw at it um but i i still enjoy taking risks because it makes my life a lot more exciting um yeah i guess that's did you
0: did you have ways to feel that kind of excitement or fulfill that that void um prior to doing like you know your running and, and mountaineering objectives um
1: well, before I'd have someone drive me to hikes, and but it was I was always pretty uh, active and expecting that kind of uh, thing. Uh, at some point, I would, for example, be skiing every weekend because parents got me a season pass, uh, so I was looking forward to that, and that was like my number one obsession at at on at some year uh, on one of the years that. Um, that I lived in Vancouver and but that was a pretty expensive sport and uh, when I discovered uh, hiking or long distance hiking then I realized well this is quite a lot lower um lot cheaper sport that I could just yeah just I could even start from home so it's kind of neat um especially that helped out that kind of mentality especially helped out especially once I, my car broke down, and re- decided that maybe I don't really need one, uh, even though it does create a bunch of difficulties. But I think it's kind of neat, and uh, it's, it's something I can be proud of, you know. That oh, I ran from like Seattle to Claremore by foot, like you know. Yeah. If I had a car, you know how, how hard it would be to convince myself to do that? But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, probably impossible. Yeah. Right? I, I don't think, I don't think I would have been here with that, with the car.
0: <laughs> and that's, that's what I think is like the, the interesting point. It's not, you get rid of a car cause I could do all this crap and this is like second nature to me, but you're like, no, you get rid of the car among other things, but this is now a constraint. And now if I want to go do things, I have to overcome this challenge. And that's what we were talking about before. Like, you know, you can go and hike a trail and see perhaps similar views ish um uh, of a thing uh, the landscape that you're at or you could literally go off trail but why would you in why would you take on these added difficulties of not clear route finding and you know those kinds of things um and you realize that or i realize that it is very pleasurable to add more difficulties to your life when you can afford it You know, only when you can afford it, because I imagine if like you were saying, it wasn't pleasurable to be like, nope, no car. I want the difficulty of like getting from point A to point B every day. But, you know, you found a way to like you said, it sounds like you have to think about your groceries. You got to think about how do you get to work. And once you establish that process, you can begin to afford it with your time. And you're like, yeah, I can run from point A to point B.
1: That's it kind of yeah, it kind of motivates me to to train. Um, yeah, I think again, if I had a car, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be biking as much and it's, it's super helpful for like cross training. And it's just, I think it's kind of neat to be at a position where you're able to, I mean, I'm, I used to run more. I'm, I'm obviously I'm, I've scaled back quite a bit. Uh, but I'm, I'm just, I just marvel at people that are like running 50 mile races every weekend. Like it's no I I was kind of there, but I mean, I'm still dealing with injuries, and now getting into like barefoot stuff, it's messing me up in other ways. (laughs) So yeah, it's it's very interesting. Like all all these challenges, they're they're interesting, and uh, even even though I'm getting hurt, but. It's an interesting learning process. <laughs>
0: and, and that's like, that's that part of it, right? Is like, there's failure, um, there's injury, um, there's pain, like all those kinds of things, which is like the physical embodiment of failure in some way, right? And even if it's not because you n- intentionally made those those failures, your body will fail on you and you have to like problem solve your way through it and, and move on. And it's very much not like a, a failure, like, uh, oh, you didn't do a good job at work today and you have the option to go find a new job or to like, smooth your relationship with your boss no like your foot's messed up (laughs) so it's like there's a failure there and now you gotta figure out how to pass go and if you don't well your body ain't gonna let you like get into another body like this is your body and it's so restrictive but like in a time when we can do almost anything um eliminating things seems to be the most interesting thing to do you know like um
1: it, it, that's a good way of putting it. I haven't I mean, really that, that's that probably summarizes pretty well what I what I've been to. I, <laughs> I might have never put it that way, but that's, that's uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> well part of the reason why I was thinking of limiting your shoes, because at some point I was I was hoping to get sponsored, but I, my patience level was pretty low with like all that self-promotion and all that. And I was like, well, you know what, what if I just eliminate them, then I won't need shoes. To get them. Yes. And also, like, why not just try At <laughs> <laughs> like the very beginning stages of that. If I actually go through it, I'm, I'm still I, I, I think I'd like to do it. But um, I just have to keep doing it slowly because <laughs> <laughs> what I've noticed is. I think not only that it gives me like surface like blister injuries like that, but I think I'm still healing from uh, like the soft muscle tissue damage Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, And uh, like overstretching, when I talked to you before, I think even on stuff like overstretching, it's it's still uh, can be more harmful than just like jogging and you know, having a little bit some stiff feet, so mm-hmm. it's. I'm still learning a lot. Oh, so, yeah. But I think it's getting better, luckily. Slowly, slowly getting better because uh, I've not gone barefoot, and <laughs> when I go barefoot, sometimes I go too fast. And, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. You you know so, I don't know I don't really, I don't know if that's really an issue honestly I. These are there are a bunch of assumptions on this, actually. So I can't say for sure if that was really the issue. Because for now, I'm I. What I know for sure is I get blisters too frequently. Mm -hmm. It's because I I go to I think I'm healed, and I could handle way more than I can. And the truth is I can't. And when when I get blisters, they're very sudden. And oh, really? Yeah. So uh,
0: blisters in your shoes at all? when you run
1: shoes yeah Uh, Uh, well i mean after i got, i went barefoot yeah from mm -hmm. from the barefoot stuff but like after all these years i just use sock liners and no i typically don't even like running in wet shoes and yeah we
0: we talked before the podcast though about uh, like programming and realizing that that kind of lifestyle um -hmm. wouldn't necessarily suit you being at a desk for so long um And that's something that I see. It's like, um, it comes, it comes, it comes hard. It comes like a challenge for you. Right. Um, And you, you learn that, well, I prefer to move and, and moving is something that doesn't always, I imagine come easy to you, but out of all the things that you do, right. It's probably an easier thing for you to work on. And I would, I would assume so anyways, because with the barefoot and stuff like that, you seem to be able to push yourself out the gate with, with, more, um, with more momentum than, than other people. Um, and I know that you have a lot of training behind you. But something that I've learned in a lot of different disciplines is, is that when something become, comes so easy, the difficulty actually becomes holding yourself back just yes. enough to incrementally progress so if i'm like that's yeah exactly i want to go climb and i'm like let me go climb all the hardest stuff and i'm that stoked the actual challenge then becomes how to temper the excitement yeah, so that that's you can
1: yeah that's definitely my my issue um but at the same time it, i think it definitely relates to how i do my runs and mm. for example a lot of people Or I don't know what percentage, but I know a lot lot of people, they wouldn't run with music. And for me, that's like a a pretty big motivator or pretty big drive, at least for pace and being able to stay interested in in the run for a long time. Uh, So I've been considering running without music, but it's be quite the challenge. And I'm sure I should try it more but it'd be hard to convince me since I'm so used to it. Um, but for like logistical reasons, I think it might be a good idea if I, if I am to get into like multi-day runs where uh, let's say I don't want to charge my battery for too long, like my phone battery. Um, like I don't know how much streaming, how much battery streaming takes. Maybe it's not that much or not like not even well. Not even like Wi-Fi streaming, more like Bluetooth, using Bluetooth. Maybe that doesn't take that much battery, but uh, I mean, I also like taking photos that that takes, but it's just, um, you know, at some point I'm thinking, well, it might help to not listen to music just to conserve battery life. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, I still still carry a portable battery that's like... uh, what maybe a pound that would last for with intensive use for like 48 hours maybe more mm-hmm. so um, it's it's a useful tool but uh, I think a lot of people they don't even use that much so you know <laughs> yeah that's how they're able to go unsupported for that long but the, overall I'm very interested in unsupported adventures um, they're very fascinating especially with my situation of like not having a car and Mm -hmm. it it appeals to me
0: (laughs) and and it gives it um it gives it this inherent sense of meaning because like you you know not even by your own choice just by your predicament because you get this thing where you drive and you're like i can go once again this restriction limitation i can go anywhere so what trail should i go on today and and it's also like i i used to be a person who wouldn't want to repeat trails unless i like really had to at least well, like I do one trail true. every week. And that's and then too,
1: yeah.
0: but I, I learned though that like because you got I imagine you're forced to do that in your commute. And I learned a thing or two by having to be forced to do the thing I didn't like to do. And I realized like I noticed more depth in my route and I noticed my abilities more because it was obvious when I've gone a route a hundred times when I'm getting faster. Or when it's becoming easier but when i'm like changing the route all the time right i'm not noticing my what's going on inside because i'm so focused outside on all the newness and experience Um, have you had a similar change in your relationship to running and and biking because of your constraint of having to bike or run from your home
1: it's like I think so. I, I kind of ignore, honestly, I kind of ignore the, the route that I'm not biking. Um, mm-hmm. um, going forward, I don't, I'm not like, I'm more, I'm more into like being engulfed in the experience of like listening music and matching that, like with pace. Um, and, um, going back, I'm more particular with the type of music. So it's, like definitely different and more like to my native culture. Well, at least that's what I've been doing recently. Uh, it's not always the same, but uh, what culture for, for going back? Um, I it's it's dark and it's kind of r- more relaxing and uh, less cars. And I don't know. It's it's nice to see like other vehicles or what they do. It's interesting to observe them, but I don't really care too much what the route is. I I just try to avoid all all the potholes because there's so many and I'm just kind of observing how my bike, um, goes like if there's any kind of loose, uh, turns or if the chains like skipping and that's kind of what I'm more focusing on rather than, uh, necessarily try and go fast. I used to focus on going fast, but, um, it just kind of gets, um, hard like I, I can't be going hard every time <laughs> unless unless I really unless I like take gels or like really pump myself up for some reason but it's yeah I can't <laughs> can't focus that way all the time
0: and so that comes as a constraint because I I may I haven't commuted like okay it'd be if my exercise volume my commute maybe would consume five percent or ten percent because I live really close to where I used to work, but um that's what I mean by a constraint because now your your ex your exercise regimen is constrained like you're commuting to work on your bike I imagine is that's very unique relationship to biking or to getting from point A to point B while using your body like I have never had that experience um, did that like Poison your relationship with with exercise in any way, or does it just feel different?
1: I don't know. It's
0: because now you have to do, and that's a real have to do. And I don't imagine a lot of people actually yeah, have so, to do anything.
1: So, so the thing is, mm-hmm. I could be taking the bus. Uh, going forward. it's maybe fifteen minutes slower on a bus than biking. so i'm saving time that way Mm -hmm. going back for sure it's faster if i don't wait after work um because there's less traffic and then um the other thing is biking has helped me running so like so much that i'm i'm actually happy like i've that that's specifically why i bought like a better bike and more um Convenient bike rather than kept my trail bike. So yeah, for example, I well people have been telling me to oh try biking, or swimming because I was having like uh, shin pains and calf pains, and I mean I still have them, but uh, I reduce my injuries by so much, and I'm happy about that. Like uh, before I biked, I'd start a marathon run. I get Calf uh, pains in like within two miles I had to stop and stretch for like fifteen minutes, and then I was good. But now after biking, I don't have to stop. I, I'm I'm like wow, this is really crazy. <laughs> I don't know. How that, but yeah, so I highly recommend if anyone's like has any imbalanced muscles or calf pain, it helps a lot. Um, so I, it's kind of kind of like trying to make myself do it. And like, I want it or not, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. And you know, it's neat. Cause like, there's, if I don't do it, well, I'm staying at work or I'm staying at home. Like I don't get to work. So it's like, yeah. well, you, know, you gotta do it. So it's kind of a neat way to making myself do what's actually helpful, mm-hmm. what's healthy for me. So I'm pretty proud of that. Um, and you know, running to work and back that that wouldn't, that wouldn't necessarily be, like, super, like, the most healthy thing, but that would go into my training plan, which maybe eventually I will do because um, uh, I, I would like to eventually train to do big trails like uh, the PNT or PCT. Now, I'm not saying, like, aiming for FKTs for the fastest known times, but just doing it in like, a time-efficient manner or whatever. That means, mean. like, maybe... 30 to 50 miles a day I don't know something yeah. I mean I did mention I did make him a goal of making it 50 mile days but actually that's like the FKT as well <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know we <laughs> will see how it pans out I've seen people so yep. like which makes me feel great because I'm more chillant about or relaxed about things but I've seen people very relaxed going in to FK or going on to trails and pulling up on, you know, hitting FKTs and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought you had to be like super diligent and like, you know, planned out and organized and things like that. And I think you do, especially when you're like getting that like yeah. that five minute advantage over the other oh, person. Yeah,
1: if you're getting that, if you're time out like small differences, then yeah, you have to be very perfect. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even for my fastest 100 miler that I'd done, uh, I had to. Use all my lessons that I learned before, like where to, like how often to stop, or the technique, how I filled my water, uh, and where I stopped to make it under 24 hours. Because for the longest time, I had that goal where I was trying to get it under 24 hours, but I kept failing. Like I got injuries, and one thing would come up, another thing, like I took too many breaks and all that. But like once I applied all the knowledge that I Got from my previous hundred milers or my failed hundred milers, I, I was, everything just kind of clicked together once I was healthy enough. So wow, yeah, because my first hundred miler that was in 2020 in March 20th, 20th or March 25th, I'd have to look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, that took me like 33 and a half hours. So wow,
0: yeah. and how long did that that the last one take you?
1: Um. Last one it was definitely more than 22 hours. I mean, they're not, they're all different types. Uh, so that one probably maybe 40 ish hours. I think my last hundred miler run that I did was from my home in Seattle to Mount Rainier and a little bit back. So Whoa. it ran from, from city where it was a little bit sunny to snow I was like postholing, and it was actually snowing there. So yeah.
0: How did that feel to be able to to move through that um, that landscape? You know, such a grand amount of landscape, and go from the different. Um, it was environments.
1: fascinating. It was very fascinating, and then meeting some people that drove up there, and yeah, they're <laughs> it's <was> funny. <laughs> they're is, like Tommy, oh, you should join the military. And I'm like, well, do they do those people like to do things that I do? <laughs> So i explained like what i do they're like oh you should probably keep doing what you do <laughs> they're like you know what you get motivated the hell out of me it's like nice Well, mm-hmm. oh, there are two of them yeah and then they became my facebook friends <laughs> yes but like
0: does it actually actually feel different um to to do that via running and to like be out in the elements and to um, absorb the transition in landscape at that rate. Right. Um, compared to when you've driven up there.
1: Oh, it's definitely different. Yeah. Cause you get to see the city and all that and you have to suffer through all the, through the trails, through the roads, through, it's so much more rewarding. I mean, even, even though the hike is like the, the trail or the hike is wished sure, for, but you get to experience it in person. It's like, wow! With driving, you would have missed so much probably. But hiking, you you realize like you memorize more. I think, in my in my understanding, um, you get to see more, and it's a you get to like see little trails or offshoots. Like if you're driving, you might pass them, but like running through, you can see a bunch and get experience the elevation game. Yeah, <laughs> more hard. <laughs> it is and you you just end up appreciating it a lot more it's i mean people i feel like people take these trails for granted a lot more but um so
0: especially it, like these trails that i talked about like the kind of like the real popular um trails where they're you know sometimes i think they're like a mile half a mile sometimes like i drive by those and i'm like yeah as someone who likes to run longer distances i'm like oh i don't really i don't really go on those that much um yeah. because i don't they're not exciting to me and they don't like stick out to me but they change the whole sense of meaning i imagine when you run to them or if you were to like hike to them and it yeah. probably wouldn't feel like that was such a little thing i didn't get to experience the forest i would imagine and thing that if i were to go along that short trail and then i have like 5 hours of running back to my house or more or 10 hours whatever yeah
1: it've been like your destination it would have been like oh i got to visit this trail that uh, you know this section of forest that for the majority of the time it was a road run but now i got this hill to run off maybe you do a couple times i mean i don't know I, I don't think i've done that exactly yet but i, I could <laughs> and mm-hmm. then run back and you get to say oh i ran to this little hill and so it's like an achievement that probably nobody else has ever done. So <laughs> well you know yeah. because most people they they just have a car, you know. So <laughs> it's a kind of a unique experience. Um, uh, that's that's pretty much what I what I'd like to do in the future is just still have the ability to run wherever I want and uh, or at least bike and reach anywhere I want without a vehicle. Um, and so it's kind of like this type of certain discipline where like if someone, it, it becomes kind of an addicting thing where like people offer you to crew you, for example, like the, I did have an offer to get, um, to, to do the run around Mount Rainier, do the Wonderland trail, which is, uh, officially they say it's 93 miles, but when I ran it, it was like 88 anyway. Uh, I didn't get an offer to run with other friends that they would have like eight bags every so-and-so miles. But I was like, I, at first I was asking if anyone could give me a ride. And then I was like, you know what? never mind. I'll, I'll just do it by myself. I, this is more interesting. Just riding my bike to it, riding all unsupported. You know, I think this would be a more interesting experience than getting a ride there and getting help. This, this is... I'd be way more proud of that. So that's what I went with, um, and I think the other people that I would have ran, yeah, they would have been maybe faster, or I would have been faster with getting support and all that. But I, I think it was more interesting just doing unsupported because there's so much more that you have to work with, like or work through, uh, trying to figure out like gear management and how to survive the nights and carry everything and. Yeah. So I did that whole trip in like three days and 13 hours. <laughs> wow.
0: That is so cool.
1: See, yeah. and that, that's oh, the part
0: yeah. that's like wild because some, you know, we get, we talked about like moving um, fast and light, right? But it's not just faster for you because if you could choose to be, you know, faster or yeah. fastest um, mm-hmm. or, or make it, make you support yourself more. And have to deal with the logistics more. You would take that. And the funny thing is, is like I keep going to these trail races, and those are my B goals because those are just what I sometimes just do for fun for community. Because like that doesn't really cut it for me. I I've thought to myself like, one year you know I've trained for the um, to go around St. Helens for the Bigfoot. Um, uh, yeah. like the 70 um miler or something.
1: Oh, I did that one. That was my first race, by the
0: way. Yeah, no, oh, really? That's cool. It was, yeah. That was like, um, I did, I ended up going and dropping to the the 40. Um, oh, and oh, then I,
1: so. what year did you do that?
0: I did that one in 2019.
1: Oh, nice. I did, yeah. I did a 73 big foot 73 in last year, I believe. So 2021.
0: Oh, yeah, that's dope, man. It's beautiful.
1: It. it was, yeah you got I what? Got 13th, I got 13th place. What? Do you remember your finishing time? Uh, 19 something. I forgot. Oh my gosh. See, it's funny.
0: Cause I think we got the same finishing time.
1: <laughs> or <something similar>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's funny. Yeah. Mine was around like 19 too. And then I was coming in and I was taught, I had, um, acquaintances who were doing like the 70 with me and I was like, yeah. And then I get, you know i'm getting out to the like the blast zone or whatever and there's this one guy who's like and for the blast zone that's basically like halfway through the 40 but not quite halfway through the 70 and um there's one guy's like it's a good day to die and i'm like what <laughs> and he's like stopping a lot and things and he's like i just gotta quit the 70 i gotta do the 40 and i'm like you know what i gotta do too i gotta do that too <laughs> Uh, and i'm wait,
1: wait, wait. so you got 19 for the
0: 40 miler right yeah yeah i did and that's oh, what like i got the
1: 73 on the, the, the 19th summertime. yeah
0: i see and that's yeah. what was funny is because i even i was having friends doing the 70 or acquaintances and they're showing up before and during and a little after me and i'm like oh my gosh and <laughs> it's awesome because like i was out there for the experience and i was like completely blown um for like chafing and other reasons too um yeah. and i was glad that i made that decision but i was like beating myself up for like the you know tens of miles because i'm like oh you're doing like less you could just keep going you would have beat the cutoff but yeah. I, it was like a call to question for me like why i was out there and and those have taught me a lot um but the straightforwardness of it like i i i realized that like if this was it this wasn't enough for me and mm-hmm. like, cause I, I just wasn't really motivated to be the fastest if that's yeah. how, cause I only have a limited amount of training time or like exercise time or play time. And yeah. you, I think I'm a father and I have like very limited time. So it might not apply to everyone, but I think that you, I have to make a choice to be more adventurous or to be more fast. And if I'm actually trying to move in a direction or a general direction, a combination of both, I have to be honest with myself because if I'm like, Going, and I'm not even placing, and my hours are super low, but i my training was fun and adventurous. Was I successful or not, and to like zach
1: bitter right um, yeah- tra- training for for making it fun and adventurous that is way more interesting for me than okay. like necessarily getting like good times or other i mean yeah that that is somewhat of a priority as well, but mm-hmm. making it interesting like just anything that like sometimes making it interesting something, it's also <clears throat> could relate to just doing something stupid that I would think would annoy me, but doing it anyway to see if I could do it. Like doing laps of something for twenty four hours. <laughs> um, so you know, there's there's kind of a <laughs> bag of of what I consider interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, finding new places, finding uh, like something new, some kind of new type of uh, terrain that I have to cross over. Maybe it's not no more not uh, running anymore, but like scrambling or climbing some rock, and then testing out new gear. Where instead of I'm not having anything to sleep on, let's say I suddenly bring a bivy or like a mat, which I've never brought a mat by the way. I've only brought a bivy. Because that, that's how minimalistic I am. Oh, but wow. I'm, I'm very interested in bringing that because I'm curious how that helps with the comfort level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so same with like never brought a stove. I don't know if I will ever do that, but maybe. Uh, so I'm kind of curious, but. Uh,
0: do you bring dehydrated food or do you uh, do you just use an amalgamation of snacks?
1: I just use snacks, yeah. Snacks,
0: yeah, that's, I did a similar things t- as well mainly because i was poor and i really wanted to do it um and that's what sort of appealed to me because like you were talking about like you kind of knew different ways to get excited when you were a kid with skiing and things like that but i didn't i didn't really know that um mm-hmm. and there weren't anyone in my communities and family that represented that they just used like like people i wasn't close to would use methamphetamines and then like <laughs> <laughs> and then my mom though who i was oh, with they just like they drink hella hardcore and oh, and sometimes they'd like they'd have drama and yeah. and it was like i you'd almost like see people sometimes where they would like say shit in a certain way where they're like stirring up drama just for no apparent reason other than that
1: oh i have i have family members like that too like yeah. i was like that's that's kind of why i just want to just put on headphones and ignore them or or like, so, you know, that's partly my motivation too, but I, I, I I didn't have people doing drugs. It's just, I did hear arguments a lot, like a lot of pointless arguments. Yeah. So part of my motivation for living by myself. So I I get freedom of doing anything I want. So. But, you (laughs) know,
0: like arguing, I had found like, uh, like there's, you know, comedy with roast battles. Um, where you you know you talk crap to another person and the other one has the diss and all that. And then there's like, um, what is it? There's like martial arts yeah. um, and there's debate. Um, and for other things that you get when you get fighting is like a really high heart rate. like ooh, It's exciting, I think. And so when I found these things, like martial arts was a good one too. I have no interest in like... <laughs> participating in drama it's very easy to diffuse drama for me as long as i can communicate with the person like i don't feel like i get pulled into this dysfunctional patterns as much because like the only way to run is to eat properly like to run well or to run where i feel good is to eat properly do some stretching wake up on or get good sleep but like in the past, it's like, you know, there's like, we can get, we can smoke some weed, we can drink some alcohol, take some ecstasy, watch a really cool movie. And it's like, all that shit costs money. It costs more money the more I do it. And like, if that's all that I have for excitement, like the glass ceiling, it, it's pretty low. <laughs> and what does it do for me? Like, how does it build me up further? And I know that even exercise can be d- dysfunctional and harmful and stuff, but there's a lot more opportunity as that being your main grind or your main, you know, passion, even yeah. more so than sex, I would say. Yeah. Like, you know, I like to do some yoga and I, it doesn't feel like masturbating or sex, but it feels really good. And to be able to like go there to make myself feel good in more than ways that more ways than that are sexual or to go and make myself feel excited in more ways than that are watching a movie or doing drama or talking to a girl for the first time. Like I didn't know that stuff was there. It seems so trivial now that I like talk to you and I meet all these people. But my sense says that it's not very trivial because of where we're at. Like just to make it quick is if I need for someone to watch and educate my son, there's institutions, which those are important. But if I need someone to take care of my car, there's a place they take care of it. If I need someone to take care of my health. You know, I go to doctor and then I go to physical therapist and like and then I go to work and provide my one singular or limited skill set that I just spend all my time in. And anything that I need that's outside of that skill set, I buy, you know, mm-hmm. and like and even stories. But look, you're a person having adventures and creating stories to to tell and to listen to. Um and you're just going out there and doing that no one is like you're not purchasing these experiences and you're not chasing this ephemeral like euphoria you know you're doing these hard things and there's a consequence of the ephemeral euphoria of the feel-good endorphins that go through your brain just like jumping in the cold water like it feels like i'm on some kind of drugs but that's hard and that's fun and like you know it releases a lot of serotonin when we go in the water, but. I'm not just taking more serotonin in the form of SSRIs or antidepressants, whatever. Yeah. I'm like going to go and do this activity. That's, yeah,
1: like- that's way more beneficial because it increases your alertness or at least that's what I heard for, mm-hmm. for like hours after it like sets up your, your whole day, you go to so like cold showers or go into a cold dip. So, I, I should be doing that more. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, uh, when you were talking about like doing although like doing drugs and all that, I, I did have a period of uh, where, when I didn't have a car, I was just playing video games for hours and hours and being depressed and started realizing wow, well, man, I'm kind of impressed that I could play this game for hours, but it's not. I feel like it could be doing more. Like, why, why am I doing this? I, because I, I used to hike 30 mile days, but just, just because I didn't have a car, it's like, what? This is ridiculous. So one day I, I was like, okay, I need to go to a grocery store buy something. I guess I'll walk, I'll walk, uh, hold on, sorry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I guess I'll walk uh, eight miles to a store and then take the bus back. But I had I had time and I didn't have a car and thought, uh, you know what, why don't I just run a whole marathon? Because I, I hiked 30 miles in a day, just always wanted to find out how i do on a, on a flat road or sidewalk. And I just never really made myself do it. So let, let's just see how I do it. So I ran and... I stopped to eat berries. I made plans for the after the run, while I was on the run, like uh, where I could go for a pizza place, um, maybe watch a movie at a movie theater, and so I completed that that marathon in five hours. And I thought, man, you know that's kind of slow. Like I guess I was comparing myself to Boston Marathon time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's that's kind of slow. But I went to a pizza place. I I got um, a, oh a big pizza. I ate like a third and then they let me in to bring out a movie theater. I was so happy. I was like, what? How how's that even possible? <laughs> like oh, what? I didn't think they'd let me, but yeah, I was so mm-hmm. happy that they did. I gave oh. some slices to some random people that so that day was such a blast and nobody told me to do that. It was just like finally like the right conditions happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, it all lined up
1: yeah and then so the next weekend i was like okay i gotta try this again uh so next weekend i tried it i used some caffeine gels you know like the cliff i mean there's different brands but i used gels Mm -hmm. and i got got my marathon in four hours 30 you know my second attempted and but then my legs were cramping i was like man this this is so bad i can't be using gels or I thought I couldn't later. I found out, Oh, I should have just drank more water or <laughs> I should rather than just take gels. Um, third consecutive weekend. I woke up super early trying to do a sunrise marathon. I don't know when I started, maybe at two or 3am, maybe four I started. And then I got some kind of pain like runner's knee or something. And my legs were hurting after like three miles and then I had to walk back in shame, so I did like maybe six miles total, and I was like, "Man, this is this sucks." I I just realized I love I like running, and I completely ruined it for the rest of my life. <laughs> so that's what I thought. Yeah. So I back in in bed in the dark in shame, thinking I just screwed up big time. <laughs> but, uh, so luckily, I took a month off, and luckily I got invites to hikes that were actually appealing to me, uh, and. After a month, I tried a twenty miler, and it, it was fine, as if I was never injured. And then, wow. uh, but the scary part, kind of the good and bad, is that these cycles of injuring myself and doubting myself, I, they would just increase. Mm-hmm. They longer and longer. So, and I, I constantly go into this pattern of thinking, well. I guess I'm never really going to fully heal or I'm never going to be perfect again. I'm back to how I was before. And I guess that's it, you know, but over time I realized man, doing the right thing somehow, like it improves me somehow I'm healing from that. Like, I don't know how it's some kind of booty magic, you <laughs> know, but somehow I'm getting better So like, stuff, but, but like, I've definitely noticed some very obvious things like biking for sure. Like it pretty quickly, you'll notice improvements from biking, um, but stretching for sure helps. Um, and then, uh, I think consistently running also helps. That's yeah. That's the advice that a lot of runners would say. Um, I, I was following this guy that was this FKT runner. I forgot his name. Maybe it was, his nickname was like String Bean. It's per- Sounds
0: familiar, String Bean.
1: He's like, I think he probably did an FKT on the Arizona Trail. I think that was advice from him. I'm I'm not 100%, mm-hmm. but I was like watching one of his stories and he said, like, don't don't be just like doing zero miles per week and then doing a 30-miler on the weekend. I was like, oh, crap, I do 50 miles on one day. This is not good. <laughs> and then even after realizing that unfortunately I kept doing some pretty long runs on my weekends. Uh, so it was, it was very difficult for me to scale down from, uh, doing like no runs through the week to, uh, yeah. And cause mm-hmm. at one point I was, I got interested and hooked on doing run the year challenge, which basically means running the number of miles that the year is in starting mm-hmm. 2020 yeah so um but, but because i didn't run on my week weekdays i ended up having to do 50 miles because that's like <laughs> that's, that's how yeah. much i have to run to get 2020 miles yeah
0: like about 200 miles a month
1: right i think so yeah yeah so yeah that's kind of how i ended up doing these long Ultras on my week just in one one or two days because I didn't really run through the week, and I thought, yeah, this is okay. I'm just getting my weekly mileage (laughs) instead of just doing one week, (laughs) piling them all in there. It's fine as long as the numbers are clean. Yeah, I'm 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 saving time that way, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, efficient. (laughs) Yeah, most people spend an hour every day. I just do it in like ten hours. Yeah. (laughs) but um yeah i I realized even while i was doing i knew it was stupid but um yeah now i'm trying to not focus on mileage as much uh, or making sure i do I, i bike and that my feet feel better and i'm still not perfect but um
0: did you did you cram in school when you had like uh like projects or tests would you wait till the last minute and then just bang it out so, much, yeah. so so there's people who've been trying to tell me all these things of like take notes is one of them have have little goals that work towards bigger goals right and i just kind of blew all that off and i didn't want to hear any of that shit yeah, that's, um,
1: that's pretty much me too but so i have to like work really hard to establishing a routine mm-hmm. like a lifestyle and routine is like the most challenging thing I I could ever do it's not like oh no you have to do this particular training or like run or or like I don't know how to describe it but like just if someone gives me advice it's not like I could take it in right away it's not like I'll do it just because I know it's a thing it's finding the justifications or finding ways to do them
0: like the drive to be committed to it yeah, and truly exactly, committed to it.
1: Yeah, because I, because I, I'm definitely, I'll definitely do a big trip, mm-hmm. but I might go without preparation, and that's where all the harm comes in. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to that adventure, and yeah. And stuff, but preparation, you know, that's that takes, like planning, and every day, like you have to kind of think about, you know, why you're, why should you do it, or why shouldn't you go at this pace and all that, because. Mm-hmm. I, I still struggle with it where I, I still lack, I, I don't focus enough as, as I should still like with how much I should or shouldn't be running. But um, I'm hoping that maybe at least I could apply the 10% rule, which is a very basic one where you don't increase your mileage more than 10% or weekly mileage more than 10% of the previous week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if I'll get more than 36 miles this week we'll see i mean it kind of depends how much time i have but
0: because i might want to climb this weekend so we'll yeah. see. Ooh, that'll be fun <laughs> that uh, um that's that's something that that i could really relate to right it's like for, for me it's really I, I don't have anything short of like creative ideas but focus and focus in that way is something that i have a hard time coming by um but what i was interested in in, or not interested in school. I'm interested in is now, and the thing I realized was in school it was an abstraction. Like you need to do this because it's this is how you're getting graded, or uh-huh. it's the thing to do. Um, and I, when I go and try to do a 50 miler with um, not very much training, or I try to sh- make all my training on just the weekend, there's like physical like consequences, you know, or there might not be. If it works for you, it works for you. But when, when there is like, it's (laughs) a real problem and it's something that you can't avoid. One thing I used to have was like, you know, it's the same thing is how do you get stronger at pushing? Like you could Uh desire all you want. You could say, well, I'm just going to try to do the maximum amount of pushups one day and I'll be stronger. Or like my goal is 50 pushups. So if I just try 50 now, then I'll get it. And you realize like you got to, you it might be efficient to like, how many can you do what's your maximum and then do what you're saying is like, make small goals there. And when you do it, your body like responds in the sense that you'll build muscle if you just try to do pushups consistently. And it's a lot harder to like say, you know, fuck you. I don't want to listen to your advice or gosh, that's a lot of work. It's like intrinsically attached to the process, you know, whether or not you want to listen to it or not. And it, it might be different for someone because there are people out there who kind of like you were saying with their daily mileage and doing a hundred miles every weekend, um, who don't apply to you, but there's like a way to go about things that at least make it a lot easier and make it more likely you'll be successful.
1: Yeah. That's definitely an issue I have with where if I interpret advice as something that, Oh, you have to do it that way, then it's, make kind of turns me off to where I kind of don't want to do it just because they told me that even, yeah. even if it's beneficial. It's I have this like certain type of mental block or something. And uh, so I try to, I try to look past that, but it's, it can be hard. So, but, and it's, it's not always just that. I mean, sometimes it's just, uh, I don't want to spend time for those like sub goals. Uh-huh. Um, of but, course, over time, yeah, that uh, in general, yeah, they're they're definitely really helpful. Like mm-hmm. strength training and stretching, that's, that's something every everyone should really do. And anyone into running or hiking, and, uh, yeah.
0: But out of like the group of people who mountaineer, I, I'm might be giving you a lot of credit in this sense, but I think it's pretty valid. Out of like the people who like mountaineer and do hiking in the state, um, you do things in a way with like a certain commitment. Um and ability that not not everyone has even amongst those group of people who who are mountaineers and who are hikers right like and it's not like like you said though it's not where like look at you you're better than all these people in the sense it's like you possess certain traits that hold you back and push you farther yeah that other people might not have and maybe if you were Zach Bitter on a this might not be true but maybe if you were zach bitter on a little track and you're trying to compete who goes the hundred miles the fastest and then you guys went and did a point to point hundred mile race with no clear trail from one place to the other and a little bit of scrambling like it's like a apples to oranges comparison of competitions and of skill sets
1: yeah maybe like i mean i I still i still try yeah I still try to go for speed, for example, but uh, I definitely enjoy the vast variety of different types of uh, parts about running and experience of it so like I, I enjoy inspiring people I enjoy telling my stories I enjoy um, explaining what helped me and showing the process as much as I can of what I did to get here and yeah, so it's there's a lot about running that's not more not just for like uh, my mental health or just fitness. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I do. It, it it would be nice to. I do enjoy like when I hear, "Oh, you motivated me to can try running again and all that," because I I hear that once in a while. It's pretty heartwarming. Oh <laughs> so, yeah,
0: it's and see, and that's kind of like what you are a lot. For me, I suppose, because in terms of my personality set, we're like, I like to learn, I like to run faster and things like that. But like, I'm also motivated, I'm motivated by those things. But there's other things in running that in my hierarchy of importance are a lot higher. And you're somebody who represents that in the kinds of adventures you set out for yourself. You know, I'm the kind of guy where like, if I can mix sports, I'm really stoked. If I could go off the trail, I'm really excited. And sometimes it's hard to see yourself until you see yourself and other people. And, and like, and that's where I, like, I see some of the things you do and like, Hey, I think I, I want to try that. I want to work up towards that. And that brings me to like, just to be respectful of your time. Um, one of the, the things that, that I've seen you do, which was, um, you've done these, like these long um, off trail and mountaineering um, kinds of, ultra distance adventures right would that yeah, be fair yeah. to say what's yeah. what's one of your um what's one of your like your favorite or the ones that you look back on most fondly
1: um uh, maybe i don't know there were a few um there are a few there's some
0: like you did like the north bend triple right and the uh, mount eleanor
1: um yeah i've done that. well mount eleanor is in the olympics uh i did the traverse from i wouldn't say that's an ultra distance but that's an interesting route like i've done from mount washington to mount eleanor like a loop um mm-hmm. and that was fun it was pretty sketchy scrambling uh, was it <laughs> yeah yeah it's a like a five it's like a low five scrambling yeah
0: it was The rock really friable and like breaking apart and stuff, or pretty solid rock.
1: Some parts, yeah. I I wouldn't recommend for beginners, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This guy was bringing a rope, and I told him, ah, just leave it. And yeah, maybe I should have let him keep the rope, but yeah. And (laughs) those sounds like, what's up?
0: I was gonna say, sounds like someone almost shit himself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you say he wasn't, he hasn't been that scared in like 20 years. (laughs) i was like oh crap that was i always do yeah, that i always I always there's no for with my limited skills there's no guarantee way to to say that yeah where i'll lead you're definitely it's gonna be easy like i i don't i can't guarantee that because <laughs> unless we unless we agree that okay we're gonna find an easy enough like hiking route rather than climbing if there's a actual agreement like that then yeah if we spend time but if we're like not really talking about uh like hold off let's find a easier route then yeah i'll just go what i'm capable of and the other person just kind of have to follow (laughs) at the end i'm like feeling a little bit bad but if they make it that's good that that they push themselves (laughs) that's hilarious yeah Um, and for my more memorable ultra runs that I, that were more like uh, scrambling, I'd say I'd done like a 70 miler from North Bend. I did like seven peaks. Uh, and, uh, and there weren't like very major peaks. They were just like, I don't know, I'd call them like hills. But individually, yeah, I guess they're separate peaks that people would do like one a day. Um or maybe two. And yeah, one of them, then they were by north, they were by I90. And but the very last peak, I think it was Duchess of Kent. I got so frustrated trying to go up and the rocks were super loose. I couldn't find I couldn't get up to the peaks right away. I was like going up the ridge and realized uh crap, this is not the right peak. Let's go down and around. Okay, this is the right one. Let's go down and around. And so I did like three or four failed, like little a sense and until I got to one of them and but then there was another one another name peak I started and I was like screw this and on top of that I'm not even going back to like the the main trails I'm just gonna go straight down the mountain because screw that and oh man that was such a risky move I I didn't even know if that was possible I was just like I want to go down so I went down and man I that could have been bad but I made it down and I was pretty happy that I did. Uh, but once I got down, there was like a Creek and I tried to avoid it. And then I was like going to the sides thinking, Oh, okay, this will be easier. Cause at first I thought going in the middle would be easiest, but it was quite, there were some slippery logs and so I couldn't go in the middle and uh, on the Creek. So I went on the sides, but then there were new Creeks that would come in and each Creek has like their own, like, Little dip mm-hmm. and to go down and up and and you can't and even thought,
0: see until you get down.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so so I thought, okay, this is just one creek, right? Okay, I just have to keep staying to one side. No, it's like another one, and then another one, and then another one, and it's like endless amount of creeks that just join this main one. So I thought, okay, let's try the other side. So I thought, okay, let's do it. And then, then I find And another, another same thing. So at some point, I got exhausted, and it's like, you know what? I just need a nap. I this is like frustrating so much. So I like found a log. It was like a slope, a log, and a stump. I didn't even get to lay down my full body. I like cuddled in like this crunch position for I don't know, maybe thirty minutes, maybe less. I I was slightly chilly. I, I think I put on some clothes, but I took a nap, and it. Barely helped. It helped a little oh. bit, but I was like literally like. When that happens. Yeah, I I think I think I was like a couple hundred feet away from like a actual gravel trail. Uh huh. <laughs> Even doing that section at night, oh man, it took me like maybe an hour, maybe two. It was like so much push Oh my gosh! I, I couldn't step. I don't know how far in I'm gonna sink. I'm like, holy on to branches, like Whoa, I'm sinking. And Whoa. It is. Yeah, it was the most frustrating. But then once I got to a trail, I was like, okay, this is good. So I lay, lay out my bivy, no mat, and I just put it on probably some dirt. And I took a three-hour nap, and, man, that was peaceful. That was, like, one of the best experiences I've ever had. And once I just had my backpack for a pillow, and once I woke up, I looked around. and was like, hey, I don't have a tent, and this is all I got. Oh, it's an interesting experience. Uh, No packing up. It's just all here. I'm going to eat some snacks. I have uh, 30 more miles to go back to a city to where I can reach the buses. And man, this this is kind of neat. Oh, wow. It's quite peaceful. But I mean, it's rained a little bit. But yeah, it was, man, I was happy I made it alive. But (laughs) that trip, that was like one of the craziest ones. And again, so I tried to do these 100 milers. That was like a failed 100 miler. Mm-hmm. But it was a very fascinating one. I mean, I've never done anything as crazy like that ever after, I think, yeah. And, I, yeah, I try to, I don't know. I, I try to think, I, I guess I'll try to think about it more. Well, but the reason why I didn't make it 100, because I was trying to go from, like, North Bend to Snoqualmie Pass mm-hmm. through the forest and then back through the trail, like through a gravel trail, like for a faster route. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reason I tell myself why I didn't continue is because I didn't bring spare batteries. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe that was an issue, but really <laughs> just the the cliffs were too frustrating. I, I was like, I had such a drive to get all the peaks that like once I couldn't get it, I was like, screw this. It's not worth it. Yeah, <laughs> this is not what I cared about. about. So, yeah my my decision process isn't necessarily the most um, like the best decision process, the most healthy one but that's just how it went yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. i mean i don't know how it went if i went with someone else but at the same time it's, it'd be pretty hard to find someone that that would be willing to take that amount of risk and has that much endurance and do it unsupported i mean most people they'd have like, okay, here's a stash bag for mile 20. Here's a stash bag for mile 40. Not, not where like the whole hundred mile, like we are going to carry everything. No, <laughs> there's, it's hard. I, th- I thought one of my friends, um, Troy was someone that like does unsupported runs, but later I realized, oh, he hasn't really, doesn't really carry that much like he's just but i mean i'm not to say anything bad because he's an impressive runner man he mm-hmm. can, he's done maybe a few hundred milers and he's a faster runner and he's way more healthy i mean we made plans together to do this 300 mile loop around the puget sound but Whoa. i don't know maybe someday we'll do it It was we we're it to do it this year but eh, i'm mm-hmm. not at that level yeah. <laughs> so,
0: Uh, and that's nice because in these situations you get to be like being honest um means something more than like like it's real right because like I've done that where someone's invited me on a on a run and my training or my injuries were weren't there you know I wasn't as healed up as I wanted to be or trained up and I'm like yeah and they're like a mile left in the run I have like white like white what you get from the your saliva and the salt that gets left over and they're like looking at me they're like <laughs> <laughs> like are you okay and I'm like yeah yeah <laughs> I'm fine
1: <laughs>
0: I'm like oh, I gotta be more I all the
1: time. I, 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 yeah you just have to breathe in through your mouth and breathe out through your nose that's, yeah, that's yeah. my strategy for it yeah. so I get those all the time it's nothing much I can do yeah <laughs> <what I> do. <laughs> yeah it, and the
0: batteries thing's funny, too, because I've had a variety of things like that. Like I was hiking and I was scared of rattlesnakes and like very delusionally scared of rattlesnakes. And I've been trying to work on it. But I was going up like Robinson Peak, you know, in the in the Pis, Pis, Pisaeton by uh, Mazama. And they have um, rattlesnakes, you know, there. And it says a sign, watch out for rattlesnakes. And me, I'm like, oh, they're going to be chasing me and leaping at me and I'm like like that's not real but then I'll go back and forth in my head and you know as I get more and more tired I'm just like well maybe like what if like there's no one on the trail and it's too late and I get bit by a rattlesnake and I die or something like I just make up all these stories and then um, I ended up not summiting because of something to do with the rattlesnakes and I'm just like like, writing about that and reading about it, I'm like, you would have been fine, man. Like, there's, like, I recognize there's these times when I give myself outs. And sometimes I really need that. Um, And other times I'm just, like, bullshitting myself, you know. But, yeah, it's, like, you know, getting confused between whether or not, like, I'm BSing myself or, like, um, with the batteries, just giving myself an out that I really needed, you know. And it's, like, in this life, at work and I all that. Yeah, I made so many excuses. Yeah. You know,
1: I think even my Wonderland trail that when I like, when I was planning to do that, I procrastinate starts on my trip so many times. Like, I think I I offset that trip by at least twenty four hours. Like it was <laughs> ridiculous because oh, I love you. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I got to talk to these friends. I have to like do this. I have to like interact with these. i I'm, I'm just not like. I have to fill my brain with, with stuff. Like I have to be saturated with that. So, cause later I know I'll just be by myself. And so it, it's kind of like a process that I noticed that if I, if I like watch movies or um, talk to people before a long trip, it's, it's easier to, to get out. Cause then you're feeling pretty happy and um, like more lively and not, I don't know if, Depress is the right word, but it's like sometimes on a daunting trip, you're like thinking, "Oh, I don't want to do this. This is like mm-hmm. where, I'm gonna die here. Like this, yeah. <laughs> this is not fun. Like why, why am I going here?" But once you're, once you pump up yourself, once you like say everything you want, like say your goodbyes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love you. You know, then, then you're like you tell them you love them or whatever. Yeah. Then you're like, okay, I, I said everything that I need to now. I'm going to go for my adventure, you know? Now mm-hmm. I, so uh, that's kind of what I think I've noticed is, uh, especially, but, but like, especially if I have some kind of injuries that I'm still like deciding, Oh, I'm going to go regardless. Uh, I'll definitely procrastinate on that even more. So mm-hmm. it still tells me something like if I'm not instant, like initially, feeling really good about it, it could be an indication that, okay, maybe I'm not in the best health to do it. So maybe it's not, not the worst thing to not do it or delay it or like sleep in more. So, you know, I've, I've noticed like sleeping. Yeah. It helps, you know, (laughs) maybe doing a short nap before a long run. So
0: yeah. And, And that's where I like, I used to think procrastination. It's like, I'm doing a bad thing or I'm not procrastinating. I'm doing a good thing rather than like, what's yeah. this the symptom of, you uh-huh. know, and for people who don't exercise at all, like maybe just exercise for a while and feel, you know, observe your procrastination, get some, some feedback and some data. Right. Cause that's what I see people when you just go into anything new is you might procrastinate something. Right. But if it's not like new, you, you just learn. Oh no even then you, you even mentioned it before. It's not that you're trying to eliminate procrastination. You're using it as feedback and you're learning to cope with it when it's there. Right.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So it, it does tell me things and. Uh, Cause sometimes like through the week, if I don't do, if I'm not super active, man, I'm going to get depressed. And then I'm like, let's just go. I don't care. Like about the, the waiting time I'm I'm going to get ready and I don't need much preparation I'm ready to go like I I need to get out of the house or do something but like being active daily it helps me stay a little bit more level and calm and I'm not as tempted to do these big adventures on the weekend that <laughs> potentially be harmful like physically mm-hmm. but I mean on a bike it's not that bad actually so I should be I, I should be and maybe will be doing more or longer bike ride adventures. So even if it's just for exercise, I mean, just to challenge myself, see how much I could do, like in certain number of hours, like for example, maybe it was a month ago I did a hundred mile bike ride and a personal record time of what was it like 11 hours 30. So wow. I'm not, biking isn't in like my favorite sport, but mm-hmm. it's like, well, still kind of similar feeling with like ultra running so um uh, you gotta keep pushing and so i don't know it's it's an interesting experience i rode the bike in a route that i ran i've almost finished the whole round but i i couldn't finish it it's like for, for some point of my life and maybe it's 2020 where I was like, man, I, I'm trying to get another 100 miler. Or maybe it's like, I'm trying to get a sub 24 hour 100 miler, but I can't, I keep injuring myself. Something keeps going wrong. So I just quit it before finishing because it'd be pointless to keep going. Mm-hmm. So that was one, that's a route that I tried doing. I got like 70 miles on a run. and But then I bike, now I did the whole loop biking. Wow. So I was did, pretty
0: happy. did you feel a sense of accomplishment when you did that?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, just to see how it would have looked like to to run, you know, to, to complete the loop. Yeah, it was a little bit of somewhat closure, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, Even though I didn't run it, but maybe I'll run it again. But it's it's not a very fascinating route. It's not very scenic, so maybe I won't run it because I don't know. A lot of a lot of places that I can run from home, they're not necessarily super scenic. It's more like the end result of the image the map that I make like I think that's more interesting that I like oh I've experienced all these points just by foot like for example I ran by on a highway for like nine miles <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't recommend that but I did at night to like draw less attention to me but even then like I don't know a cop's pulled up and asked me where I'm going and if I need a ride I'm like no I'm good I'm just running to like was it Issaquah or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's wild yeah it-
0: that's a, something that I had where I thought I hated running because I would just run on like track or on like the streets and it would just be so monotonous for me and painful that I was like, why would anyone ever run? And then I got into the trails and landscapes and scenic things. But then the reality is like, you know, as a parent with limited time, but even if I didn't have a car in reality is like, if you want to run. Well, you're going to be running out your front door if you like running enough. If you want to be able to get any amount of training in. And for me, very specifically, because like I might only be able to go out like once or twice a week, but I I, I can't even go out for 10 hours straight. You know, I go out for maybe four or five. So if I'm going to want to run, I'm going to have to run outside of my door. And I've had to learn how to cope with it. But um but it it sounds like it's more of the same for you, but you've spent so much time learning to cope with it. And you even found some things you enjoyed from it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, I actually related to that. I should mention that I used to hate running too. Cause I, I did the mile in high school mm-hmm. and man, it was like, I was like dying and I wasn't like in, even in a good place. Like first, you know, I, I, I don't know what place I got, but I, I saw these faster runners and I, I didn't understand that peel. Like I was running without music that that's, so I didn't really know Mm -hmm. how it would have been, but I I looked at cross country runners and they're like running longer distances and I'm like, "Hmm, I have no idea how they do it. And I'm not even going to continue running. Like I, who, I don't know who's that for like, that's crazy. (laughs) But I I got into hiking and uh, did St. Helens and the first time and then did another time that we did similar trails we did part of Lua Trail. Um, I noticed some trail runners and saw them with small backpacks and thought, man, how in the world did they survive off of that? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, now I know they had eight stations, but I thought they did it unsupported with those small backpacks the whole trip,
0: which mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's still possible. I could do it too now. Uh, but back then I thought, man, that'd be so cool to get into that, like be, have that ability. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought, man, but I bet the first step is to not even do hills or trails because trails are so difficult. Might have to get into like running on flat sidewalks. And who wants to do that? That is sounds so boring. Like how in the world? There's no way I'm going to get into that. So for the longest time since 2015, yeah, I did some runs. They were like more like motivated, but like, oh, I haven't been moving. I got to get moving again. Just like once every month or I don't know, like Very rarely. They weren't really unfocused. So um, it's more like a, yeah, just kind of occasional, very sporadic kind of uh, training, if you want to call it. I didn't really get to running, but uh, one year when I was in Job Corps in Texas, um, well, first I was in Astoria. And so I'd go into these hikes, solo hikes. I was able to cross the highway and then get into these, Forested trails and it was nice. I did like my longest solo hike. It's like forty something miles. Wow. Yeah, and I was telling my friends what I was doing on the weekend, so it was all fun. Um, <laughs> and then eventually, when I went to, in Texas, it was like a different scenario where we're more like locked in. We couldn't get out. So on, I made a challenge for myself. Okay, I'll uh, join this run two fifty miles in the year challenge. And I guess I have to run eight miles every weekend. So that's what I did. That was like my little escape for, for the weekend. Wow. I, and then the next year I didn't really focus on much. Uh, it was in 2019 cause I was hiking and doing a variety of things. I had my own car and, uh, I think I, I ran like a total of 93 miles, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that was 2019. That's one, just when I started my first, uh, flat marathon my car was breaking down and then 2020 i joined the run the year challenge which uh introduced by my friend justin blanchard and he was doing it and once i met him i was like Man, wow you're training for a hundred miler that's crazy like i'm i'm gonna it's gonna be years before i can ever attempt mine. like or i'm nowhere close to your level and then well uh it's like next next Weekend after I hiked with or trail ran, we did like a twenty miler. I did like a sixty something, sixty two miler. What? Because <laughs> I got, I got like so inspired, but I continued. I was I was still like pushing myself, and I there was like the was it Centennial Trail that went like three miles one way, and so I did the whole trail. I thought, let me just do like from one bus to from the first bus to the last bus so i thought okay that's probably gonna i'm gonna only have enough time for like um like 40 miles so initially i was thinking oh yeah let me just do like 40 or that'll still be a good push because last the one the longest trip before longest run was like 36 miles i think so um i was like you know what let me just do the whole trail and back let me (laughs) because But I was so freaking out because I thought, man, I've done long hikes. I've done, like, 20-hour hikes. I know what that's like. But a whole day run, man, I'm going to go crazy. Like, how is that going to (laughs) work? There's no way I could do that. But I tried it, and, you know, it's kind of like a a backpacking trip or like a hiking trip. I I go slow enough that, like, not exhausting myself. I take breaks every 10 miles, and uh, it was kind of neat. I forgot what time I got in, maybe, like, 15 16 hours or something like that and somehow the buses worked i might have like slowed been slow enough to match the buses i don't know but somehow, somehow it worked out um i was able to catch a bus to get back home because i only live like five miles away from from uh that start of the trail so, mm-hmm. I, so yeah, I was conveniently living there um but then uh, so Anyway, like seven months, I don't know how many months after the 62 miler, um, but um, basically seven months after my marathon that I did, I ran my first hundred miler. And yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, and that was also motivated by the fact that I lived in a crazy house, like, Mm -hmm. Lord was weird, like he was (laughs) into his drugs and like yeah wow and he, really he was, yeah utilities will get shut down um, <laughs> we'll have to take over pay for utilities that and, sounds crazy yeah. and then uh so he was accused the roommate was accused that he was stealing money for taking us taking it from us actually he was taking up like responsibility and putting power and <laughs> you know, internet back working and we're all grateful but yeah there was like a do not contact order from the landlord and, oh. but at some point he was moving back and uh, the, the roommate agreed to go to, to the roommate and landlord agreed to lay off and say okay we're gonna let him live together because of COVID he's coming back from I don't know some like whole holding cell like I don't know he's like mm-hmm. being accused of Lloyd,
0: um, uh, uh, money laundering or
1: some kind of crimes i mm-hmm. i don't i can't even wow. i don't know like stealing or or like
0: embezzlement
1: that's something like that um yeah i don't it's not wow. anyway he was gonna move back and they're gonna lay lay off they're gonna let him live again because that was like it's his house but and then, so my roommate said, okay, he's going to start looking for a new place. When he said that, I was like, okay, I'm going to look for a new place too. Cause I'm, I don't deal with legal stuff. Mm-hmm. And like right before I moved, I ran, I decided, you know what? This is a convenient location to access a trail. Why don't I make this a trip that I can remember just because I probably won't live as conveniently to this trail. Let me run to the first hike that I've done when I moved to Marysville slash Snohomish. So I did a run from um, Snohomish downtown Snohomish to um, I forgot that town uh, all the way to, to Whitehorse and to Darrington and back.
0: Oh, wow. Like Granite Falls kind of area.
1: I think so around there. Wow. Um, That's wild. So that was like a, like a, Symbolic run to celebrate my first solo or first hike there. I visited like the trailhead. I didn't, I mean, no, I wouldn't have time to climb the mountain again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here, but I ran to Darrington back and did that 33 and a half hours. Whoa. And then a few weeks after I got rid of my car and then I, I moved out from the house. Yeah. <laughs> I moved uh- yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that must have been so nice to have some more stability somewhere else.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, when I moved, I didn't know what I was going to do for work. I didn't have a car. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know anything. I just knew I'm just going to continue. I'm going to continue focusing on this. I didn't care what I do for work. I've just discovered something. I want to keep it. So I'm going to focus on it. Is, yeah. is it- is oh, okay. it,
0: oh is it surpri- was it surprising to you that you had become so captured by that activity when you had those feelings toward running when you were younger like look at you like so i see you as so passionate and i would be would have been quick to assume that you've just loved running you know from the day you were born and yep. now though you seem to even be more passionate like Uh, obviously more passionate than me, but as passionate as I am in the sense that when I talk to people, this is kind of all like every day I think about this. Like I think about like the kinds of adventures that I could have and things like that. And honestly, my work is my lifestyle needs to accommodate this and being a parent. There's no, there's no arguments. There's nothing about that. This is what I want. And I didn't never thought that I would have thought that about being fitness or even specifically running. And so it was, what about you?
1: Um, well, I was, I was always interested in hiking, or I got into the expectation of going on hikes. Um, that's kind of the main thing I look forward through the week, like even in school. Mm-hmm. Well, before at some point it was skiing, but mm-hmm. uh, since that my parents couldn't afford that at some point, um, I didn't realize, well, you know, I could... I can hike all most years, most of the time through through the year. So I'm just gonna focus on that, I guess. Mm. <laughs> so now I do have a season but like this is the first year I bought a season pass, so it's kind of crazy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ooh. like the most expensive purchase I've done <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for like outdoor passes go. <laughs> yeah. So kind of stoked about that. Um, but um yeah, it's. Uh, I've always liked hiking, and uh, I think it's just like the independence part that comes with uh, trail running and mm-hmm. ultra. Um, yeah. it's uh, very, it's very rewarding. Um, hey, I, when once I complete them, I'm I'm like blown away. It's like, wow, how, how did I even <laughs> convince myself to do that? Like, how did I do this? This is crazy. Like, like five years ago, I could. There's no way I could have predicted that. This, what I do, what I did, like in 2021, or, I mean, yeah. And Even now, I mean, I'm still, I still have injuries, and I'm, I'm like, I don't care. I'm just gonna try to go, go gradually, as much gradually as I can. It's, it's so much more beneficial to just do something, um, keep moving than, like, say, oh, I'm gonna take a long break, like mm-hmm. I. I, I'm trying. I know I'm. I might be using some false, like false justifications, or maybe it's not, not completely true. Uh, on like in terms of like healing myself, but uh, mentally, I feel like it's definitely more valuable to just continue moving than uh, you know staying in bed and saying, "Oh, just because I have these injuries, I can't move." Like I think that's for me. That's not the right assessment because i I get super depressed when i'm like i i pretty much like don't have any other interests in in a way even though i did i I like be sawing building drones and all that when i was in college um so it was fun but i don't have the space anymore so just do (laughs) out more stuff yeah yeah um that's
0: cool man and that's such a compressed window i didn't even realize that like that when when you got into into um, ultra running and and how you've where you've gone with it since then you know yeah
1: so like from two thousand fifteen I up to now I'm I've used to doing like thirty mile hikes in, on the weekend so that was kind of a good base in a way but then mm-hmm. shot up to like running ultras where thirty milers would be nothing to run but I mean now it is... <laughs> unfortunately i can't do it which is it used to be super frustrating now i'm like yeah whatever <laughs> like yeah. which is kind of a nice place to be you know to 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 know that i'll get better that's and not like panic about it that's oh that's I means that's such a huge deal because i would be so nervous about, like i would hate myself for that so much and now it's like yeah whatever i have other activities like i i have a whole paths that i should be utilizing i have a bike climbing gear that i could be getting into and like having those tool sets it's it's such a gift you know it's it's so nice to have that invested so i'm not like completely freaking out if i can't run now i still i still will be running but um it's nice that other things take up time as well so i'm not like thinking oh i'm not getting my weekly mileage like that I'm trying to not make that a, even a thing, like a priority.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're experiencing though confidence and you're experiencing the dichotomy between discipline and compassion. Cause like it is, I think it is immensely hard to be able to educate someone on when they should be compassionate or when they should be disciplined, when they should push themselves and when they should hold back. And also I, it's very difficult to to teach someone these life skills of like believing in yourself, overcoming self doubt, or listening to self doubt when it's valid. Like- yeah, you
1: can't really teach that. You can't. Uh, you, you have to kind of go through yourself, and uh, you, you have to work on it constantly. And it's not it's not something. Oh, where, where you tell someone, oh, you got to believe in yourself, and someone will they will automatically they're like, yeah, you're right. I, from now on, I believe in myself and they instantly change their attitude. Yeah. I wish it worked that way. And, but I always feel bad when like people tell me that kind of stuff, like I know they're right, but it's like, it's not going to do anything, unfortunately. Yeah. But things, what does help, uh, is, uh, when I know it. look back at my patterns of like what has worked, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm suddenly able to run faster or something and I'm not feeling, uh, injured that. That just, like, boosts my self-esteem so much. But it doesn't always have... I mean, takes work. It, it doesn't, like... It's not, you can't just have one day. It, it takes time for, for those kind of observations and conclusions to come about. It's not going to... This
0: be, is where I think there's, like...
1: It's uh, not going to be very good. Like, you might be excited for one day, but that's, you know, not going to last that long.
0: <laughs> but But it I think... <laughs> Like it's like there's a insatiable hunger, right? Is like one thing, but if I were to put that one aside and just look at like the what confidence means, and if you're like I can I can run really fast, I could run really far, I can go ten miles, or um, look at me, I I am a swift talker, or you know I'm pretty comfortable in front of people, and like what are those? Like when when you in kind of in our world sometimes they're words. Like what you were saying, if you just believe in yourself and all these things, and it's like, why would you believe that you're like, you can run far or fast if you haven't run far or fast? Why would you believe that you're, you can confidently hold a conversation if you haven't had a lot of conversations? Yeah, now, that, there's, there's some calibration to be had, because like you said, sometimes what we feel about ourselves doesn't line up with our abilities or where we are. Um, so I think we you might get into a skill set and learn things and realize, wow, I'm a valuable person because you know, I, and I'm confident in who I am and my skills because you know, I built this running ability up or this painting ability up. And look, I can paint a picture, I can run a hundred miles. And then you're like, Well, if I if I could paint a picture, if I could run a hundred miles, then that says something about my character, and now I can really believe that I'm a disciplined person, that I'm a loving person, because it's like how could you deny running 50 miles? How could you deny, you know, um, painting a picture or painting a mural for this underserved community? It's
1: it's like really strange. Like when you don't believe, when you come from, when you're temporarily like feeling down and like look back or when I do that, I'm like, well, that's like, it blows my mind. Like how how am I in this such a like disbelieving thing? Position temporarily. When I've done all that, like it's just it it does, it kind of clashes, and um and then that brings me back up, you know, to to focus on uh, the longer term goals. So,
0: and those don't require you to have nice people around you, and exactly, nice no. people can also hurt you sometimes. Without you know, well-intended people can hurt you, and like I'm one of those people to be honest. Because if you ask me anything, like how well am I at this, I'm more likely to give you um, dishonest feedback and more likely to tell you what you want to hear, because like, it's really hard for me to be really honest. But when we're climbing or when I have these experiences as a leader or um, someone being led in the outdoors, I'm not it's harder for me to be dishonest. But I recognize that as a personality trait in myself. So when you rely on people to like I think about this as a parent, and as a person, when I rely on my community to make my to, to fulfill my self-worth, um, I am leaving it up to chance and delusion.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah.
0: And like, you know, if you could run 50 miles like I like this in the ultra running community, I learned is like if you make it past cutoff, everyone's happy. Most people are excited for you. And like, what does that mean? And it's like, well, you could develop confidence without being the best person in the room. And you get that in skateboarding, paint, you know, all those things, comedy, even you don't have to be the one who's the most successful, but it's obvious when you're like, you can't make anyone laugh, you know, and you just started or you've been doing it for a year and people respect you, not by your words, but by your ability to at least do what you say you can do. Right. And like, and if you say I can run 10 miles and they look at you and it's like, this person's like not it looks like they've never actually run 10 miles <laughs> right you could get get through all that weird social stuff and you can get to the heart of each other um and um and then one other thing um, in closing is there <laughs> i had to think about that for a while um Is there oh, what I actually was going to say is, is that you you do do these things like you you realize your self-worth and your ability and what you're capable of. But the other thing I think starts to happen and it's either going to happen because you get injured um, or life, other life events happen or you get old Um, and, you know, you might not be able to run as much as you did and or paint or do martial arts and this thinking comes to mind where it's like my character is going to deteriorate my self-values my self-worth is going to deteriorate but then like there's a potential for this next level where it's like well that person's always been there like even if I can't run because I'm injured or I can't run because of like there's a work emergency or whatever I know that I really want to go running I know that I really want to you know push myself And you realize that it's not because you're a good runner, a good painter, or good at martial arts that you can be confident and have a high self esteem. You realize that all these things that you do are just a consequence of your character acting out in these experiences. Yeah.
1: And I I don't, yeah. I haven't really thought about it that much, but that's that's a very good um, observation or a very good conclusion. Yeah. I, I, I like that.
0: The, thanks but because i look at like you and it's like you 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 had to have learned things that you probably couldn't have learned by doing all of the running and these experiences but now that you can't do it as much did you learn like you you then learn to yourself that like you just said you're confident i'm injured i used to freak out about it and now yeah. you know well, i'll the, get back to it
1: is, i yeah i was well the thing is i was I was working, I was wishing so hard or working so hard to figure out ways, like other activities that I could do, or, or having a, enough of them to where I could spend a big time, a big amount of time doing them. So I'm not tempted to just go on these big runs, mm-hmm. like I'm injured. So, like, one of the things. One of the biggest things for now is I bought a ski pass, so that's I'm going to be like forced to use it. Otherwise, I'm losing value. So, but after it ends, it will also be interesting what what I'll do once the the season expires and I'm now back to like summer activities. Now, it does help that I'm I've established myself as a good climber and that I can cover good distances and. I'm, I'm, so I'm getting invites to different climbs and all that. So they're pretty exciting. Uh, but there's still that peel of going on my solo trip. So mm. kind of becomes a little bit of a challenge to balance all that. Then um, yeah. go biking. But, yeah, having a good bike, it helps. Um, yeah.
0: Oh, that's so cool, man.
1: One time I did like a 180-mile bike ride to go climb some rocks with ropes.
0: Yeah. Oh what! That would have been cool, especially taking your gear with you too. Did you? Yeah.
1: I, I didn't do it that way. It was no. more like an invite. It was like I was doing this trip that I thought it was going to be a 300 mile bike ride just to see if I could do it. Mm-hmm. But um, then my friends invited me to climb, and they said, "Oh yeah, stop by to say hi," or that's what I thought they meant. No, they meant stop and climb, and then we'll give you a ride back. <laughs> like, okay. So then I have to change my plans while I was on the trip, and I. <laughs> You know what? This is not the worst idea. This last 90 miles is boring anyway, so like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: that's Unfortunately,
1: so cool. yeah, thanks. Unfortunately, on that trip, I, I ran down a hill and then bumped my knee, and yeah, that I got injured. It was not oh. fun. I still have that bump,
0: <laughs> a bump to be remembered, yeah. Did and you... mm-hmm. Go for it, salius
1: Oh. oh, yeah, there were like new people there that, that I met. Yeah, it was kind of neat. And they're, they're like, wait, you're the guy? <laughs> <And they're> like, <laughs> like like,
0: like 30 hours and that's such an interesting thing it's like like what hour drive uh, probably maybe or two hours two two
1: or three hour drive
0: yeah so you get the yeah i've
1: just
0: been moving for 30 30 hours
1: (laughs) i like three hours of napping
0: i think yeah And, and those like that ability to be able to like nap out in the open you know um even without a tent and just using your your clothes your jackets and stuff i, I it's something weird about me but i really like that like it's become the most liberating thing to know that i could just kind of lay down and take a nap wherever i want and i don't i don't know what that says about myself but like
1: <laughs> i think as an ultra runner that's one of the best skills you could have yeah it's it's not the actual running it's the being comfortable Finding a spot to nap.
0: And that's why I like ultra running because I never get that opportunity otherwise. (laughs) It's um have you thought about uh picking up a pack raft?
1: That's like where you carry a raft?
0: Yeah, they're usually less than five pounds, they roll up to like like that big, like a water bottle size. They can go on your handlebars and um people will usually like ski. Oh,
1: you're talking about like on a bike.
0: Yeah, like on a bike. People even run with them, though, too, because of the way that the paddles do it. You can actually have trail running gear with all of it.
1: Oh, but that seems unrealistically light. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, they're like so they're less than they're less than five pounds. And they're like probably only as long as your forearm, um, (laughs) maybe forearm to fist rolled up. And they're extremely light. The cool thing is, is like you can um, you can unzip the tubes, the air tubes, um, and you can Put things inside of there and then inflate, inflate it. Um, and the way that you inflate these things is you have an inflation bag, which is just like a nylon bag that you fill and like squeeze. It's so it's super lightweight. It's actually it was originally built for like, do you know what the um, Alaska like Alaska Classic race is? I think it's called that. They so they it's a point to point race and it's been going since like the 90s or even earlier. And this is where the packrafts like came from essentially. And they're like, you need to go, no motor vehicle, either bike, ski, boat, whatever. Um, and you go from this place on the map to that place on the map. And, nice. and then people would go from there and you'd go across these rivers. And these rivers would be really, you know, take a lot of time to, you have know, experience with that. Take a lot of time to afford and they create difficulties. But someone was like, they were bringing these inflatable pool toys and stuff. And they were taking them down the rivers and, and like just smoking people on the on the thing. And they so packrafting was developed essentially to be a multi sport activity that you're able to take with you on bike or hiking slash running. So it's
1: how much are, for that? Huh? How much are those?
0: Oh, so here's a DIY pack packrafts, three hundred bucks. You can get one that is um that's all made for you and shipped out from like Cocapelli uh, for eight hundred dollars um to 1200 bucks. And the thing that's nice here is is like there's a thing called bike rafting and oh. you'll take like a river, you know, and you'll ride your bike, you know, to one part of the river and you'll do your quick releases, stack the wheels on top of your frame, they have a whole system for it. Put it on the inflate your pack raft, put the bike on the front of your pack raft, raft down the river and then, you know, reassemble your bike put the pack raft on your handlebars and go and ride all the way back to your destination. So they huh. so they combine like long bike tours with rafting. And they've even people like have done it with ski, like going yeah. to go mountaineering, skiing, pack rafting, ride bike back, and like like three or four sports in one pack rafting like blends it together.
1: Wait, can can you can you carry a pack rack in a bike? Like as on a backpack?
0: Um, not in that sense, no, because what my understanding is is like Jason Hummel, if you're familiar, there's like the ski, he's like a skier and he um does a lot of like uh backcountry stuff here. He went and did the do you know the ptarmigan traverse?
1: I've heard of it, but I forgot.
0: So he did the Ptarmigan traverse, and that one's like you know, above tree line alpine for um 30 some odd miles and really mountainous terrain crossing glaciers and stuff like that. He did that in skis. Mm-hmm. And when he got to the bottom, he stashed a bike and he he rode the bike with the pack raft um, to the to the near to the nearest river that he scouted. And then he rafted the river all the way back to his starting point. Wow. So with the, with the bike thing, if you take the bike, it's just like your problems you have now when you bike and trail run or whatever. Right. Where you I imagine you stash your bike places and come back yeah. to it. Yeah, but with the pack raft, the back raft can go with you everywhere, and you barely notice it.
1: Right. And I'm looking, I'm looking for a solution where I can, where the bike is light enough, and small enough where I could carry the bike on like rough terrain, and then where it's smooth enough, I could unfold it and ride it.
0: Oh, dude, you're like, you're speaking my language. There's so many like boring. Are um, mountain roads like forest roads to run that are blocked off? You know, out where I'm at near Cedar Woolly and you know Highway 20. But to ride those and then to access other places seems like a blast. But I don't want to like you know ride the forest road, then go up the peak and come down. I'd like to take it with me and go down the other side and just keep going, dude. Like that'd be
1: cool. But I think I think that that kind of technology where it's fees like practical enough that could be like. I don't know, 20, 30 years from now when materials will lighten up. And, yeah, it might be windy, Yeah, maybe stuff that uses carbon nanotubes or some kind of new material or aerogel maybe, I don't
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> Just
1: a couple pounds. <laughs> yeah. Or nanobots <laughs> that self-assemble. Uh, yeah,
0: right underneath the view. <laughs> right, I got yeah. a transformer.
1: So, yeah, I, that'd be, that, 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 that's something like I would be getting into if that was available, like or mm-hmm. in the future. <laughs> That'd be super neat, where you're all self-supported or unsupported, and you can like cross rivers with your pack raft and use the bike, and then carry everything. <laughs> That's what yeah.
0: I'll send you. Um, I'll send you some some stuff by uh, by two people that I really look up to, and one of them is you know the Iditarod Trail in Alaska where they do like the dog sled races in the, in the winter for like a thousand miles yeah, or
1: something. I have some friends that did that. Yeah. Uh, I've met a person that had done that.
0: Oh, that's cool. They,
1: he's this. the one that, he's the one that inspired me to do a, he said I could do a sub 24 hour, hundred miler. I was wow. like, you know, it's hard. I don't know if I could do it, but he was like, yeah, you could do it. I was like, wow, that's that got stuck in my head, And I was like, and I'm so happy. I met him.
0: Yeah, That pushed you so much. It's so beautiful. There's a guy he did it on um, they do it with fat bikes. Mm-hmm. And so they go across that fat bikes in the winter. And yeah. I was like just just didn't understand that because you know long distance travel, it doesn't seem uh, logical to me that you would like be able to actually bike everything. Right. And listening to that experience, it's very <laughs> much that of like having to push and carry bikes up yeah. very rugged terrain. Right. Which, yeah. Uh
1: i I might be interested in getting um if I do unsupported multi day runs, I might be getting a wagon. But I don't know. That's like I don't know if I'd buy it like pre constructed or I have to build it myself so I could like pull my gear instead of carrying it and that way like maybe I could do the whole because some I think some person has done it. Kurt Kurtka, I forgot. I forgot his hmm. first name. There's it's like Skurka or Kruka. yeah. Like, did it unsupported? I don't, I don't know if he did any stops, but I feel like he just had all his food in a cart and then he just did it. I was like, yeah, that's what i to do. No, no stops to civilization potentially. Just get that cool. Whole cart and you just like have two wheels, have a narrow one so you can pull on an awkward train. That'd be cool. And it'd be super difficult on the rocky sections for sure, but I mean he could he could somebody has done it yeah i of want to do it too but yeah i know it's it it takes a bit longer than like carrying a pack probably Mm -hmm. yeah
0: do you you have like a a distance limitation for unsupported stuff um for your enjoyment because the longer you go or the further you go the more you have to carry right
1: yeah yeah and, and until I get to a stop to where I re- can refill, like for a PCT, the longest section, I think it's like 180 miles, maybe mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but there's like, what, maybe 26 sections. I, I might be misquoting all that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> don't quote me, but I think there's about that. And I think the average length is like 70 to hundred miles per section. Mm-hmm. Now I've done one section with my dad. I was kind of hesitant to doing it because I was like, you no, know, I want the whole experience in one go. Yeah. Like, I was like you know what for my dad yeah I'll I'll, I'll let it slide like he deserves it he we so we did that section J uh seventy three miles in three days like thirty days and that was pretty neat I thought I thought it was fun for him he said it was a bit fast he didn't get to enjoy everything but while he was napping I was going in the lake so I don't know what he's talking about <laughs> his eyes weren't open enough <laughs> <laughs> but, but he didn't know that that I was like going into the lake but whatever
0: Um, is there is there too much weight is there like a certain number that you that you have for for weight where you're like this doesn't make the running very appealing to me or the movie
1: it's above about 20 pounds it becomes really hectic
0: yeah i am sorry i hit a button
1: yeah so once it's about 20 pounds it becomes quite like about 30 it's like super rough but i've done it i've done my longest run 155 miles starting off with 30 pounds but then i realized man i shouldn't be carrying this much so i got down to like 20 pounds and even that was hard <laughs> yeah yeah most people they do like they wouldn't carry that much they would go with like less and they go to stores and i i was trying to do that like fully unsupported but mm-hmm. at mile 109 i gave up it was like downpouring it was like cold rain wind. And that night I was sleep deprived. I was like, you know what? I don't mind. I, I don't mind getting warm food, hot food from yeah. a gas station. Who who gives a shit? Like, oh, yeah. gonna judge me. like <laughs> I know I gave up, but whatever. I'm still running to Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the trip was supposed to be from Seattle to Vancouver, but I, I got to Kalama. I ran out of time. I was running to, to get to my grandma's birthday. But uh, I didn't want to come up like late or uh, super sleepy or like a zombie. So I had my dad pick me up in Kalama. I had like 30 miles left. But yeah,
0: that's 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 not true. That's not a trivial decision at all, man. That's when your values get tested, because I used to be like, I never want to like be that guy who works all the time and is never with my son or with my family. Like, I don't want to miss those things in life. And then I get into rock climbing and I'm like, I want to climb all the time. And I'm like, I definitely don't want to get a job that gets in the way of my life, like that. I have to do all service to the job because I learned that lesson and I don't want it to interfere with my son.
1: That's me. That's me. hundred percent. Yeah.
0: But then climbing was like, like, it was like, I loved climbing and it started to compete with my time for my son. And it was a values question where I was like, whoa, I could see myself. I understood the lesson as it was in the professional realm, but I didn't see it as a values lesson to where it wasn't the problem of the dad or the person not spending time with the son because of work. It, it was something even bigger than that. It was that, that they valued gathering resources or whatever they thought was important more than their relationships. And that's okay for people. But for me, I realized like, I really wanted to value my relationships a little more and, It was easy when it came to the work thing, because that wasn't where my like passions were is the kind of work that I've done or was doing, but I was passionate about climbing. So I had to tell myself no sometimes so that I I was able to maintain those relationships and I didn't exchange those relationships for maximal climbing time. But you, that was, that's interesting because you're like, you clearly make that decision. I don't want to be groggy and I don't want to show up late you know i i have my dad come pick me up i think that's well it,
1: just, it, just, well, it was logistics because i i mean they they would have been awkward if if I, <laughs> if I showed up you know it, it wouldn't make sense because because i agreed to show up for my grandma's birthday and like i don't show up on time like why would they want to wait for me like yeah. just they just pick me up you know so oh,
0: oh i love you that's
1: i it's yeah it was disappointing at some point but at the same time you know all my legs were hurting and all that and i had a friend that joined me and he said he didn't run more than like 10 or 20 miles no more than 10 miles and we're and i was asking him well we have fifty miles to go are you sure you want to try this and he said yeah well, he, well, okay so let's do this but it, for his benefit luckily we stopped at mile 20. <laughs> Now for me, I was like, so sleep deprived. I was like, you know what, I'm going to have to crash soon. And it started raining and it would have not been fun for him. Like I can mm-hmm. guarantee you, it was just getting started and while he was getting a bit tired. It would have made no sense for him. The things that I was about to do <laughs> I had to continue. So it worked out like logistically, I'm glad that we stopped there. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't, it would have been like, man, he's shivering. He probably wouldn't have enough clothes. He oh Yeah. Clothes. So his preparation like no it wouldn't have worked yeah i'm glad, I'm glad we got to john but mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't he wasn't he's not an ultra runner but yeah he, he kept a good pace. so yeah it was fun good catching spirit. Up. what's up
0: i said good spirit to have along yeah. while he was there right
1: yeah for sure yeah he's probably the only other person that joined us so yeah <laughs> Oh. another time i ran to uh, mary from seattle to olympia to me my parents had a camping trip and that was super fun my dad showed up with his bike for like the last 15 miles he met up and then he was pushing his bike for 14 miles and then on the last mile he's like yeah you know this is enough i'm gonna ride my bike <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was so nice for for him to show up and kind of pace me at the end
0: yeah that's really sweet because pacing is no small thing in that way
1: yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily to pace. It was just like to keep company, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Just, but but that's that's what I mean. Like, you know, it's like one thing you keep company, you sit with someone, pat them on the back. And that's also a big thing, too. But I mean, like, this is like a physical quality to it, you know, whether uh, walking so, so, or
1: biking. So that, that whole trip, that was like 84 miles. And <laughs> uh, I, I I tripped over a railroad like a day before while I was walking to work. I tripped over a railroad and then hit my knee and I was like limping to. Yeah. I didn't know if I could run the next, if I should have been doing that trip, but I was like, okay, let me just go for a short distance and see how it goes. And I tried it and you know, it wasn't too bad. I, mean, somehow I made 80 miles in 24 hours. So it's like, dang.
0: right. Were you worried when you hit your knee like that? Or were you more for curious?
1: Sure. For sure. I was definitely worried. Yeah. I, was, I didn't know if I can, cause I made that plan a while, quite a while ago. And suddenly I, Hit my knee, and I'm like, "Oh God, this is not good." Yeah. <laughs> <Man>, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. But it, and I felt better on my a mile 80 than on my 100 mile on my first 100 miler on mile 73 or 75. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That was how
0: would that make you feel.
1: I felt like I could have done additional 16 miles, and that would have been my second 100 miler, or I think that would have been my second. Yeah.
0: Wow.
1: But I, I was like, you know what? I'm with family. Why waste? additional 16 let me just hang out with my family plus it feels so good to sit down and crash So
0: <laughs> <laughs> i bet that that feeling of wanting to sit down with your i bet like all of that you went through like you said sitting down felt so good i bet you it makes you sit in it a little more and enjoy it a little more right
1: yeah i mean i was kind of brain dead but whatever <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the thing that i've gotten too i've realized after doing longer distances you get the the long stare, or just like staring off into space.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that, that's how you know you have to just take a nap.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much, Salias, for sharing your stories, man. You are like a legend of the Pacific Northwest, in my opinion. And, and, you've been a a role model for me in the way that you pursue running and stuff, you know, it's to the point to where it's like, wow, I could just keep scaling my running to grander and grander adventures, you know, and, um, and that's enough.
1: Yeah. Thanks.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, is there anywhere people could find out more about you?
1: Um, Instagram and, and Facebook. Um, let's see. Um I just basically like write my first letter, my first name, my last name so S R A C I U L I S. that's uh, my Instagram handle. I mean I'll send it mm-hmm. I'll send you the link too um, and yeah. then yeah and then on my Facebook my first name and last name um,
0: then I'll, be sure to put those in the links to the show notes too. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: And uh-huh. um, if you're interested, Salius, um, in the summertime, we should link up and go on some adventures, man.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. All right. Sweet. Thanks for well,
1: talking to me. Yeah. Thanks for the chat, Will.
0: Woo! Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Salius is a Cascades Crusher putting those miles down like a champ and living a lifestyle that's fascinating with the constraint of having to ride his bike to and fro and rely on other people and also build his fitness, you know, not just because it's nice to have, it. you know, it actually means something in this circumstance, but it's also as a convenient choice for him to make. And, of course, there's trade-offs, but it's a style of life, you know, fascinating thing to observe and it even makes me question my own lifestyle is I think we get caught up in like this is what's possible and when you interact with more and more people of different lifestyles and values um, cultures even you you realize like what's common to you isn't as big as you thought it was or isn't as much as you thought it was. And Salius is someone who teaches, who's taught me that a lot. Um, And even in terms of like ultra running, ultra distances, commitment level, and things like that. He has such a beautiful heart, and a wild sense of adventure. I'm excited to watch him grow. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you want to support the show, you can share it with a friend. And go to um, the Patreon For Coming Human Podcast And subscribe If you subscribe uh, You get a bonus episode Every single month Where I read you My favorite book of the month uh, The summary of it anyway And my notes Also you'll get access To a whole Library of art that I made That's completely copyright free You can do whatever you want with it you Cut it, burn it, shred it Put it on some clothes Print it out And make coloring pages for your kiddos Whatever you want And you, you don't have to give any credit to me You even put your own name on it And if you want to check out Salius f- On um, Instagram To follow his adventures in the mountains And, and streets. You can find the link to that in the show notes. You can also find the link to the song, Forgive Me For My Synapses by Idea and Abilities in the show notes too. Have a wonderful week, y'all. Bye.